When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Pretty sure one of the first times I rang you up, you you and Grant were actually debating whose name should go first on the show, and I did make the comment, well, at least you do turn up to work. Sort of ringing true again. Oh, so it? your team, Daniel, Gary. <laughs> your team, Daniel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grant Elliott is not here, but we've got a more than able replacement. A good friend of the program has filled in now numerous times. It's third? third? It is the third time, third. Yeah. Hamish Bennett, former cricketer now, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Thanks, Grant. Another gig. Yeah. Good. It's <laughs> um, yeah. He's I'm been worried about you since you've made your announcement. Who, Grant? Yeah. Man, is he? Yeah, so he just keeps me going a little bit of Saturday work. No, he's on a junket, let's be frank. What he does is he he says we ring him whenever he's away, but he starts texting the show at about 10.30 going, can I come on, can I come on? He just wants to make sure he's still relevant. So I don't know when his appraisal comes up, but attendance is lacking. This is the Saturday session minus Grant Elliott. His status for next Saturday, TBC. And would you believe, would you believe, Grant Elliott is here. Good morning, Grant Elliott. Good to see you, friend. That was actually quite tame, I reckon. I thought, I mean, it was two weeks. It was two weeks. It was unfortunate because I left on a Saturday and came back on a Saturday. Here we go. And, Excuses um, starting at 10.01 and 38 seconds. But a little bit like the Black Caps. You have to blood people. You need to look at succession. So it's good to give other people an opportunity. To shine, and I heard that Hamish Bennett was uh, dynamic on the show, which is why I put his name forward. So good to see Hamish filling in. But you did look relatively happy to see me, even though you've got a—I don't know—there's a cut above your eye. Oh, yeah. Looks like you've been beaten up. Does a little bit, doesn't it? Look at that, look at that vicious scar. Yeah, what's happened it's there? Tell uh, us the excuse. Well, I, I, the excuse? I knew we were going to talk some boxing, so I went down to the gym and just did some sparring. That's you don't, you not, don't believe that? No, that's okay, I'll give true. you. I'll give you options. Uh, a, I uh, went to the gym and did some sparring and cut my eye. B, um, I opened a car door on myself. Uh, C, I was hit with Barbie stiletto um, via one of the young ones. Or D, uh, during a vigorous uh, lovemaking session. Uh, which one? Gotta which be, one do you believe? Got to be D. You yeah. look so happy today. <laughs> Has to be D. Yes, we'll go with D. We'll, we'll, we'll go with D. I'll take that. I'll take that. How was your junket? I missed you, mate. <clears throat> no, it was good. It was good. We went on a work work trip. Uh, I was I was managing everyone. It was uh, at Byron Bay. Wow. So from all those years touring, when you were being managed, mm. roles were reversed. Mm. So you were to a leader, yeah. to a guide. Oh, sort of. Did you ru- rule with an iron fist? Well, I was actually brought on the trip to see how the itinerary runs for next year. 
<laughs> when I'm actually taking over. So I was almost like this, we talk about succession planning. Right. Is another good, yep. you know, example of succession planning. So I came along and just saw how the the company credit card maybe worked. Right. Um, how many late morning naps did you allow? The the nana naps. Well, they uh, never, never. No, you're not allowed. No, no, no. It's team building. Team building. It's team building. And I'm looking forward to that. So you can build a team while sleeping. Yeah, definitely. Well, by not sleeping. Yeah, that's the only way you can build a team. Well, it's good to see you've missed a bit. It's been a bit going on. Yeah, there has been. Gee, well, I was following it. I was following it. I think uh, probably the biggest story is obviously the Foster story. I stayed up and watched the first test, um, and that was finishing probably at about four thirty morning Aussie time I think um, <coughs> that's when we were just we woke up for it <laughs> to watch it uh, and yeah we were r- really disappointed yeah miles off the pace in that test yeah really disappointed but we just we didn't get any ball it was just we, we were never in the game no no, no, no I, I said last week really from the opening scrum of that test match just South Africa asserted their dominance but well what, what an effort what a turnaround by the All Blacks I, I said last week I would not be shocked if they won. Hey, they're the All Blacks. They're our game. You know, they're our match winners across the park. But I did not think they would do it. I, I, I hadn't seen anything really in the, you know, that, that string of five losses and six tests, which gave me a lot of confidence they would turn it around. So it's an no. outstanding effort to do that at the cathedral that is Ellis Park. Oh, I thought when it was Ellis Park, because Ellis Park at high altitude, I mean, we've gone and played cricket there. When you do your first training session, literally lactic acid buildup in the first 15 minutes because your body's not used to it and you're sucking air through a straw. It's a tough place to go to, really tough place to go and play any sport. Um, but obviously the home of 95 World Cup, like there's a lot of passion and history that goes into Ellis Park. I thought we were no chance, but amazing turnaround, as you said. And amazing turnaround for the coach, Ian Foster, as well. Well, is it amazing turnaround? Well, not as far as we view it. Um we said on the show, what, four or five weeks ago that they will not make a coaching change in the head coaching position. You you said Ian Foster was safe as houses. I, I thought they'd make a couple of changes to the assistants. So good luck to the team from here on in. I was doubting uh, I, I know he's been given, um, you know, backing through to the World Cup, uh, but this is professional sport. Anything can happen. If they go on another run of three, three straight losses... Anything's on the table, in my humble opinion. I just hope it doesn't happen and they have smooth sailing and they can give it a good crack at the World Cup. I am, I am worried about our, our producer today, though. Oh, no. No, his hair looks good. No, no, he does look good. He looks going. good. He looks good, but is he Manit. really good? Ben Francis, producer extraordinaire. Good morning to you. 48 points to four. Kia ora, 48 gentlemen. points to four. 48 points to four. Eight tries. 60 to 12, Daniel. 60 to 12. What's that? The, your, your beloved Brisbane Broncos, that's how much they lost by. Yeah, no, I was hoping you would um, ignore that. And, you know, you know. Uh, the, the, yes. the, what's happened there? The, the shotgun's after, ready, after mate. All, oh, no. Uh, after they've built me up again, the Broncos this year, and then you see a result like that, and you're like, oh, God. Oh, well. At least they're in the, uh, what do they call it? The top eight. But top have, half of the competition. Did, did, you read, did you read the script for Editor-at-Large today? Yes. And there's, yes, that, there's that nice little stat at the bottom there. Do you, would you like me to read it or edit it on the fly and leave it out? No, nah, we, we all want to hear it. We all want to hear that amazing stat about the Brisbane Broncos. Mm, yes, we'll get to that uh, shortly. We'll get to your calls and your text messages from any stage. 0800 811. Feel free to join the program and talk sport with us. Grant is back. You may want to uh, discuss a variety of topics. 
uh, which we have over the last uh, couple of weeks while he has been away. You can text us double eight double three. You can get your Sleep Drops Performance of the Week uh, nominations in. Got a prize pack thanks to the team at uh, Sleep Drops. Uh, so get amongst that. As far as what's coming up on the show, we will talk pugilism, as I said at the top of the program. Uh, that, that shocking results uh, as the uh, cruiserweight, Mr. Usyk, stepping up, ending uh, Anthony Joshua's reign. Uh, huge rematch coming up this weekend. We're going to be joined by Ring Magazine journalist uh, Anson Wainwright to preview the Joshua Usyk fight. Uh, that is uh, a rematch, of course, as you know, Usyk's wonderful career in the cruiserweight, uh, stepping up and having, leaving... M- jolting and shaking the the sheer foundations of heavyweight boxing because everyone thought it was going to be Joshua then to fight Tyson Fury. Now Tyson Fury appears not to be fighting anyone. I know what he needs to do as well. I've read up on it. I know exactly. Grant has been talking a big game off here about how well researched he is for this. So I might just have a cushy data. I might just put my feet up and not say anything. After 11 o'clock, we're going to be joined by a good friend of the program, more to talk, call. To or... talk rugby and cricket. He is As a you call him. Mornal, I call him. Mornal. I like to call him Mornal. Mornay Morkel, one of the scariest sights in all of oh. fast bowling history because he was so enormous, but a big Springboks fan. Yeah. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on a number of uh, topics across both of those sports at about quarter past 20 past 12. Well, uh, he, 11, rather. Well, he said to us on the show last time when you called him Mornal, you know, which I thought was disgraceful. He was very, very unhappy about that, so I'm surprised that he's back on the show. Um, but he said he wanted to talk rugby. He was passionate about rugby. He didn't really want to talk about cricket, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about cricket as well because there's a little bit happening in the world of cricket, the likes of, you know, Trent Bolt turning down a, an international contract, the Black Caps and, you know, the world of uh, franchise cricket. So he's a passionate Springboks fan and scary to face. Horrible to face, Daniel. That bounce and shape into the ribs of a right-hander. I was speaking to a good friend, Michael Lum, this morning, who opened the batting for England, yep. and I was at school with him. <coughs> and I told him the guy that put the ball on the roof. At yes, he did. He reminds me every time <laughs> I speak to him. Uh, and he said to me, he said, oh, he's so scary to face, Mornay. And I said, well, try facing him as a right-hander when the shape is just coming into the ribs. And you can't wear a chest pad either because you don't want to be seen as a bit of a softy, you know? You come out there with a chest pad on. See, I, I, I hate that idea. What, wearing yeah, a chest pad? You're too soft to wear a chest pad. Come on, mate. Yeah. A, a, re- a real man knows his shortcomings. NASA Hussein wore one. Yeah. I just got, just got to say, Grant, you just better be careful. I've been I've been talking to Mornay a bit over the last couple of weeks, and he, he's... Uh, Let's say he's got to have going to have a few bounces coming your way from the sounds of it. <laughs> oh, I don't, like I don't need bounces on I this. I like the sound no, of this. I don't need that. Welcome back, Grant Elliott is uh, all I say. And today's a big day for the Saturday session. Heartland Championship season kicks oh. off this afternoon, and we all know we are card-carrying members of the fan club of the Heartland Championship. Uh, we've been inspired by the Heartland Championship so much, um, and this week part of our Saturday session legend segment. We're going to catch up with the true legend of the Heartland Championship, a, a guy who played for his province well over a decade. I think he made the New Zealand Heartland 15, seven or eight times. A brilliant North Otago front rower. Could kick drop goals too. What what could not this... what? This man could not do. Well, that was the first thing I looked up. I saw Ralph Darling, obviously, you know, wasn't too sure um, with my Heartland. I mean, I was only upskilled on Heartland exactly. last year. You didn't so, know where John Sturgeon Park was last year. Yeah, I'm new, but now I know it's the 100-year celebrations for King Country in Thames Valley this year. 
Um, so I can't remember who I supported last year. Was it anyone who looked good, Grant? You know? No, it wasn't. I think it was King Country. It was one of the teams that really struggled. But anyway, I've got to get behind someone, and I think it's either Teams or King Country in the 100-year celebration. Um, who plays at John Sturgeon? That's West Coast. West Coast, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that drop goal, that was the first thing that came up for, um, for Ralph was the drop goal. Well, it wasn't the only time he kicked a drop goal. That was in a Meads Cup final, for those uh, wondering what we are talking about. Yeah, a, a brilliant moment, brilliant call from Ken Laban on Sky at the time. Uh, there's a couple of games in the Heartland Championship today, actually, on Sky. So we're going to catch up with Ralph Darling uh, to talk about his uh, life and times representing North Otago. So it's North Otago. North Otago. Otago. But you, you, can't, said, you can't say the O. You, you said that Ralph's drop goal was very Joel Stranskius. It was when we watched it this struck. morning. It was high. It sailed higher than the top of the goalpost. Straight post. down the middle. You could tell this man had he'd done it a lot. Joel Stransky <laughs> as it shaves the uprights. No, thank you very much, Grant Elliott. <laughs> all right, so that is all still to come, including uh, your voices on 0800 150 811. You could text us on double eight double three. But as we like to do, as you start your Saturday of sport, as you ready yourself, uh, we like to uh, unpack the big sporting stories of the, the day that you may have missed out on. We'll probably add in our totally unwanted and sometimes unwarranted uh, off-the-cuff opinion. So let's go. Let's update some live sport right now. Of course, SENZ has coverage of this. It is the Black Caps up against the West Indies. It is game number two of the uh, one-day international series. New Zealand, of course, training after a quite um, comfortable victory for the West Indies in the first game. Uh, it's been a, a rain-delayed effort for New Zealand. They're back out. They went off uh, for a short time. I don't think there's any over-restrictions, are there, Grant? Uh, I I, that has not come up. Uh, right now, New Zealand in the 38th over, 155 for the loss of five wickets. Uh, Phillips is on two, but Finn Allen is the story of the day. He uh, picks up another single, this one through cover point off the back foot of the left-arm finger spinner who would have already got Grant Elliott by now. Um, <laughs> Finn Allen is 93 not out of 107 balls, 155 for the loss of five. Uh, more analysis from Grant. A little bit later because we've got a big one-day series against Australia on the horizon, of course, in just a few weeks' time. And, uh, well, really it is now the, the start of the countdown, start of the road to the Cricket World Cup, and we'll get Grant's thoughts on where New Zealand are positioned. Staying with cricket, the honeymoon period is over for England and their test side. Um, they were blown away in the first test against South Africa by an innings and 12 runs inside three days, Grant. Yep, I saw, I saw that this Ouch. morning. And um, I did see a comment from Dean Algo who said, with all due respect, I'm really not going to entertain baseball anymore. <laughs> Needing 161 to make the protest bad again, the home side. Spectacularly and swiftly unraveled uh, to 149 all out at a stunned Lords. The result made Daniel McCarty even angrier about the Black Caps tour to England. Imagine all that verve left in the, the beer garden. It's just so litres of pims just sitting there. Because it was two and, a, two and a bit days, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, three days. Wow. Mm. To the NRL we go, and it was a tough old night for our league side, starting off with the New Zealand Warriors falling to 48 points to four loss to North Queensland Cowboys on Friday night. Hey, the good news has been, Francis, the Warriors have only conceded 65 more points than anyone else in the NRL this season. How good. He's not going to let it slide. Yeah, well done. <laughs> so you're winning something, Warriors. Most points conceded in the NRL. 65 and counting. Former Warriors uh, Chad Townsend and uh, Peter Hicku uh, rub salt into their old side's wounds. 
uh, involved in five of the eight tries scored. That really is a bit of a kick in the old proverbial. Interim coach Stacey Jones once again forced to question his side's effort in the match, saying, quote, we just didn't have enough players that wanted to play for the jersey. Attitude has been a big word we have used the last couple of weeks, and when things were tough, poor attitude came into the game. Meanwhile, the Melbourne side ran in 10 tries, probably all, you know, due to salary cap uh, dodginess. Is that right, Ben? Something like that? Incorrect. Biggest ever win over my Broncos. How bad is this? 60 points to 12 demolition. Well done to uh, Melbourne. The result marks 12 straight wins for the Storm over the Broncos at Suncorp, a record stretching back to 2009. If there is such a thing as bogey sides in sport, um, it does appear to be Melbourne when they are uh, pitted against the Broncos um, up north. And boxing Ukraine's defending champion Alexander Usyk and British challenger Anthony Joshua hit the scales heavier than before ahead of their heavyweight title rematch in Saudi Arabia this weekend. Usyk weighing in at 100.5 kgs, barely changed from before, uh, although he still is the heaviest of his career, while Joshua weighing in at a meagre 110.9 kgs. Almost two kgs more than when he lost the title last September in London. Former undisputed cruiserweight and world champion Usyk had been expected to bulk up considerably for his first defence of the WBA, WBO, uh, IBF, IBO belts in Jeddah. Granted, he's had a busy few months, isn't he? Fighting the Russians. Yeah, he was fighting the Russians. Um, and we're going to hear a little bit more about that. But let's be honest, anyone that joins the forces... He returned to his homeland following Russia's invasion of Ukraine and joined a territorial defense battalion, promising he was armed and willing to kill. I'm not sure I'd be particularly happy to step in a ring with someone like that. It's probably why he lost. He, sh- he was shredding. Yeah, while he was shredding. Just... Ben Francis, hello. Sorry, I just have to quickly transition back to the NRL, and I believe you, you missed out that very important detail about the uh, Brisbane Broncos, which I mentioned uh, earlier which is essentially the loss puts a line through the Broncos' chances of winning the title, despite them being in the top eight, as no team has ever won the competition after conceding 50 points in a match that season. Well, okay, um, this is not on my piece of paper. I am Ron Burgundy. I read what's on my piece of paper. I don't know if I accidentally deleted it. Um, We'll never know. So you're saying if you concede 50 points in a game, you're banned from winning the competition? No, I'm saying... Or no, is it just a statistical anomaly that no one has ever done that? No one has ever done it. Yeah. Um, mate, no one had climbed Everest before, eh? Before Sir Ed. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Very How's optimistic. That? How's, that? How's that for a comeback? Nothing is impossible. Yeah, nothing, nothing is impossible, nothing is impossible. Ben Come on, Ben Francis. You have to uh, believe. And lastly, Thomas Tuchel has been handed a one-game touchline ban following his fracas with Antonio Conte in the aftermath of Chelsea's draw with Tottenham. The German has also been fined 35,000 quid by the Football Association for improper conduct uh, for breaching FA Rule E3 grant. Rule E3. While Conte has been fined 15k uh, after both managers admitted improper conduct uh, in a series of touchline clashes during their uh, two-all draw at uh, the bridge, Stamford Bridge. Look me in the eye when when you shake people's hands. Do you do that? I saw that. I saw that that one. Yeah. Why aren't you shaking my yeah, hand? Yeah, you always look. But I tell you who always used to get me shaking hands, and I don't know if he did it on purpose, but every now and then you'd get like a wet lettuce, you know, <laughs> when you're, you're shaking hands. And Kumar Sangakara used to get me every time. Give me a hand. Yeah. He used to get you high up and squeeze the oh. knuckles 
and you couldn't do anything about it. And every time... I know, here's me thinking he was just a gentleman of the game, one of the most glorious cricketers ever to take the field. So aggressive on the field. Oh, is he? So aggressive, yeah. Yeah, verbally, physically, you know, you're in battle with Kumar Sangakara, but he used to get oh, me every time. So when we finished the game, I was like, I'm going to get Kumar this time. And he stole every time he used to get me. So he would go He'd high. He'd go high, well, around the knuckles, around there, oh. and then just squeeze you. Oh, yeah. what a terrible bloke. Yeah, no, it's no just... we'll take that back on him. <laughs> no, he's, he's one of my favourites of all time. So good to watch Spect. that cover drive. Oh, Oof. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And there you have it, uh, the very latest in sports news from the globe. We like to call it uh, editor at large as we unpack the stories you may have missed out on. New Zealand are 164 for five. Allen's 95. Phillips is on nine. We will be back after this break to talk some boxing, Grant. Gloves up. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Let's go. Back after the break to talk some boxing. It's a left field song, isn't it? Carl Douglas. Absolute classic. Kung Fu fighting. One of the very best. Yeah. Like YMCA. Do not sully Carl Douglas's name with YMCA. Thank you very much. Didn't see that coming, that song. I think it's really What are you doing on holiday? When am I? Yeah, Again. 24 minutes in. <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> the wild takes like that. All right, let's uh, turn our attention to boxing. Yeah, as we mentioned, a huge fight, a rematch, of course, as uh, Alexander Usyk uh, will look to defend his titles. Oh, don't they look splendid around him, I'm sure. Up against Anthony Joshua in a division that has been left um, with a few question marks over it. Um, Tyson Fury, of course, just a week or so ago, uh, announcing his retirement on his 34th birthday. We are delighted to welcome back to SENZ and this uh, program uh, a man who knows one or two things about the sport. We're utterly delighted to be able to pick his brain and uh, get his thoughts on this uh, fight. Anson Wainwright joins us, Ring Magazine journalist, uh, to preview this fight. Anson, welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Hey, Anson. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. I would like to start just looking at the division holistically here with the departure, um, and I'm doing the air quotes, departure of uh, Tyson Fury. Where has it left the division? Um, ask me this time in 24 hours, we'll have a better idea because uh, <laughs> I think the... <laughs> Get my crystal ball out. However, I think... If Usyk wins, then we won't see Fury. I think we'll see Fury again, but I don't think we'll see him perhaps as soon. If Joshua wins, um, I think that the fight might be a little bit sooner, though. Obviously, we have a few hurdles to, to get between for those two to to, to get together. But, um, yeah, I think tomorrow night we'll have a better idea of where we are, where the immediate future is. I'm, I'm glad you'd ripped the Band-Aid off. Fury's not done, is he? Answer. I, I, no. I don't believe a word. No. I do not believe a word at the moment. And I'm glad you're on board with that. I, I, I think it's going to be very difficult for him to walk away having not lost um, and believing, you know, with, with so much that he believes, so much money left on the table. I think at the moment he's the type of guy that, you know, can step away for, a, you know, for a year or so. I mean, and then maybe something will, will entice him back. I mean, he was even up until about a week or so ago, he was saying he was going to fight Derek Chisora. Not, not that we were particularly in a, in, a, you know, in a rush to see that fight, but he was talking about that. Um, and then all of a sudden, he drops this, I'm retiring. Yeah, Anson, I, I want to I move to this Usyk-Joshua fight. And uh, he was quoted as saying he would have smoked Usyk in the first fight if the Ukrainian weren't a southpaw. 
and he called uh, lefties a nightmare to box. Now, isn't that a strange thing to say? Because well, he's not going to change uh, before this fight. He's still going to be a southpaw. I find it to be a very strange thing to say because, you know, yes, it obviously is very difficult to fight a southpaw, but to say he would have smoked him, not just he would have beaten him, but he would have smoked him, it, it, it did seem as though, it, and I don't really know what he, what that does for anybody by saying it. It's, it's a very bizarre quote. I, I quite agree with you. Uh, and also, I guess, the thing is, is, is there a little bit of reverse psychology that goes into these press conferences? I know physically they try and dominate each other, but... Could that be um, a way of trying to throw him off the scent where Joshua feels like he's actually quite confident going into this fight? A hundred percent. I guess putting it put to your sport is a bit like sledging. You try and get the other man out of their comfort zone. You try and, you know, really upset them, make them do something that's a bit out of character. Um, and I think that's, that's exactly what is that type of thing. And some of the things that, that get said in boxing in general that try to rile the opponent so that they lose their cool and then you can capitalize on that. So it was a nightmare on Usyk Street for Joshua last time out. What did the Southpaw do that ultimately saw him secure that uh, historic victory? Um, what? what Let's start off with the leftiness, the, the southpaw angle. Yeah. Is, is that what you saw, a, a guy incapable of actually dealing with, you know, an opposite-hand fighter? I, I think it, it basically comes down to you've got one guy who's a natural talent and you've got the other guy who's worked very, very hard on what he's got, and, and Joshua mm. has been able to do that. But the other guy is a natural-born, God-gifted, and yes, he's smaller, but it became that he was just that bit better. And I, I believe that even if he'd been orthodox, I think the last time I still think he, you know, that Usyk was winning that fight. I don't believe that it made that much of a difference that he wouldn't have won the fight. You know, Usyk is just, he, he's supremely gifted. And, and again, not to, I, I'm sure you could look at instances from, from your own, you know, cricket career. There would have been guys who were just wonderfully talented and could just, could just, roll out of bed and that's what they were doing and there's other guys who really had to work at it and were still very good but they didn't have quite the same natural talent and, and that is, is basically I think what that boils down to So Anson, something I've been reading about is in this fight is Joshua needs to use his jab more and he used, needs to use his weight advantage where Usyk is, he's quite a strategic polished fighter whereas Joshua needs to turn this into a brawl a hundred percent. I mean, I, I think perhaps not quite a brawl. I think he needs to be, the, the term we would say was educated pressure. And obviously to, to come in behind the jab would be something to do that. Um, he's got, what are we looking at, 15 to 20 pound advantage in weight. Um, and he's you know, naturally just a bigger guy. And he's got three, I think about two, three inches on him. He, he, you look at them and you can see one guy is, you know, a very, very big guy. Um, and that's Joshua. So he needs to use that and make it so it's because if he if he stands there and boxes with him, then he's going to have to rely on and you know that that power at some point because otherwise he's frankly he's going to get outboxed because Usyk is the better boxer. Um, so yeah, so Josh, Joshua last time I think was caught between styles. He didn't quite know whether just to, to go in there. Everyone's saying, "Oh, go in there and just use your strength and your size." But there's more to it than that. You can you can do that, and then you can leave yourself open to a whole 
you know, world of pain. And, and, and that was what we saw. Obviously, he was fatigued in the later stages and we saw, you know, Usyk open up and, and in late in the fight that there was potentially, you know, people say that Usyk had Joshua, you know, close to being stopped. I mean, we, we don't know, but he certainly had him rocked, I think, on three occasions in the fight. So I think Joshua has to, I think he will be better. Um, I think he's got a new trainer for this fight. I think as much as anything, it's helping. It'll help him because a change is as good as a rest. It might not be that, that they're going to be able to implement and change him too much because you're going to revert to type in a fight that's going to be tough and hard. But I think as the fight goes, you know, it'll have helped him by being in California as opposed to being in the UK just to change. And I think he'll be better this time than he was last time. Yeah, so talking about the, the change in trainers, he's gone from Robert McCracken to Robert Garcia. And Garcia, apparently very a brilliant boxing mind. So is that something that other boxers, so your, um, your opponent sees as an opportunity because you've changed a trainer? Or is that more of a threat because their style can change significantly? I don't think it'll change significantly. I, I, I think over the course of time, you as a trainer, you can get your fighter to believe in you 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 tell them things and they go out and then they and then they do them and then they once it works in the fight then they believe in you more um so but they these guys you know, robert's had him in the had joshua in the gym he's not had him in a fight so he's not been able to mm. to gain that that kind of that same edge that you'd have if he, if they'd had a couple of fights and i i certainly believe that it would have you know it would have helped joshua if he had have had a fight i mean I was talking to a, a friend of mine earlier, and the example I gave was when when Alex Lewis lost to, um, I think it was it was to Oliver McCall. He had a couple of fights before he worked himself back into the in, to, to the higher levels, and he was with he changed trainers much like Joshua had when he when Lennox Lewis went with Emmanuel Stewart. He had a couple of fights and was able to. You know, they were able to hone and work on certain things, and when he came back, he was better. Joshua's really had, you know, a camp of probably three months with a trainer, so it's difficult to to be able. You can you can say all and do all these things in training, but when it comes to the fight, it's got to be difficult to be able to just suddenly do that. Ensign, who's got the most to lose? I see one fighter who might be, you know, fighting for his career, the image of his career up against the guy who's fighting for a nation and a legacy is one of the all-time greats, right? It seems to me the champ yeah. has way more to fight for in this fight. Does he not? I mean, I think with Joshua, it's things change all the time. But for him, he's got like a $100 million deal with zone. If he loses, it's tough to see. I mean, there's always fights, but... If he loses, it's tough to then suddenly make a fight you know, straight off the bat with, you know, Fury. If Fury were to come back, because he would have been off, you know, coming off two losses. So for him, it's difficult to know where he, you know, he he'd have to work his way back. And you know, financially, he's used to very very big purses, and it would be a significant drop off. Um, so it be it's difficult for it's a lot on the line for for, for Joshua and um, for Usyk, like you said, he's fighting for a country, um, and arguably, you know, Ukraine tried to, you know, in the, in soccer football, they were they were trying to go to the World Cup. They lost to my home country Wales. Um, if they'd won that, they'd have gone to the World Cup. So that was a big sporting event, I think, in in early to mid June. Now this is the next big 
thing for, for them. So he's going to want to put a smile on their face. And, and of course, they've not been they've not had a smile on their face for, for, for a number of months now. So it, it's huge for him in that regard, definitely. Yeah, one of the things I read was um, it was a prediction, and it said that Usyk was going to win in the 11th because he would have Ukraine in his heart and he'll get more aggressive as the fight grinds on and win by knockout in the 11th. But it also said that Joshua wasn't a complex riddle to solve and that Usyk had a superior offense and superior defense. Well, this is, you know, one of the... Probably a superior chin. Yeah, this is one of the best pound-for-pound fighters on the planet in in Usyk. What what sort of path is he cutting here for a legacy? Let's look beyond. Let's say the champ beats Joshua again. What what sort Mm -hmm. of... You know, what sort of legacy is this guy creating for himself? He's, do you know what? I mean, we as a cruiserweight, which is the division below heavyweight, he became undisputed. He won all four belts and the Ring Magazine title. Um, he won each belt in his opponent's country. So he won the, the one title against Glowacki in Poland, dominated him and won in Poland. He then... Uh, won against Maris Bredis in Latvia. It was a close fight, but he won in Latvia. Then he goes to Russia. Of course, as a Ukrainian, goes to Russia before all this, you know, the war, but goes to Russia and beats a guy, Murat Gassiev, um, and dominated him and won a near shutout decision in, you know, arguably, you know, it's one of his best career performances. Even before that, he was Olympic gold medalist. After that, he came to, he came to Manchester and stopped Tony Bellew, goes up to heavyweight and beats Joshua. Um, the Ring Magazine belts are on the line tomorrow for him as well, so he would become a two-weight world champion as a, as a ring champion as well. So it, there's, a, there's an awful lot for him. If he could do that, it's, it, it would be huge. It's, it's, uh, I don't know where you put him in terms of the greats. I think we, we'd want to see him other other fights. But, I mean, in terms of what's available and what he could do today, he's, he's done an exceptional amount. You know, he's... Uh, a phenomenally gifted fighter and he's uh, you know, been collecting belts and everything. And uh, yeah, he's got to be, you know, uh, if he wins tomorrow, I mean, I think he probably already is, but if he wins tomorrow, he's a first rate hall of famer and could probably, yeah. uh, you know, w- walk off into the sunset as a, as a multimillionaire and, um, uh, and a superstar. So Anson, if I'm hearing correctly, you think that Usyk's got more heart, superior game, and he's going to, he's going to win this fight. Do you know what? I, I, I agree with uh, some of those sentiments. I have a feeling that the fight, that Joshua will be early on. I think he'll, he'll push the pressure early on in the fight. And then I think because he's, he's naturally bigger, I think Usyk will be a little bit trying to let him wear himself out. And I think he'll come on in the middle rounds. I think it'll be close late and I think it'll be controversial. But I, and I, but I don't think they'll take it from Joshua. I think Joshua, that's my prediction. I have no particular, everybody is saying to me that Usyk's going to win and I have no real, but it's just a feeling that I have that, that it'll be close and they will give it to Joshua. Interesting thoughts, Anson. Really appreciate your time and insights as always. Enjoy what is a, a, a mega fight. Do appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Anson. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your show. Thank you. Anson Wainwright from uh, The Ring Magazine, uh, the Bible of uh, boxing, you could say. Um, staying in the fight game, but it's a different code to MMA, the best, or arguably the best pound-for-pound pound fighter, uh, will be back in the octagon this weekend. Uh, Grant uh, uh, Kamaruzman uh, fighting Leon 
uh, Leon Edwards. Uh, both have successfully made weights, both exactly 170 pounds for their welterweight title fight in the main event of UFC 278, um, which is Sunday our time. Usman is the number one ranked uh, fighter around, according to a lot of publications. Um, the 35-year-old is 20-1 and is currently just one victory away from tying Anderson Silva's UFC record of 16 straight. They have fought previously, these two, back in December 2015, a long time ago, uh, with Usman winning uh, by unanimous decision. So there you have it, fight fans. A look at uh, the heavyweight uh, title bout between uh, the champion Usyk and uh, Anthony Joshua. Um, and what happens in the immediate aftermath could be just as fascinating as uh, Anson did point out. Um, Tyson Fury says he's done. He ain't done. Well, what do you reckon is going to happen? Because that, that was fascinating listen to what Anson said, because what I read up on is that Usyk dominated the last fight early on, and he can't go for that knockout early on. That's what might actually be his undoing. And, I mean, you just think of the adrenaline going through these boxes when they get into the you know, into the ring for the first time and they have to almost sort of calm themselves down and try and box strategically mm. while you've got this guy who's just been in the battalion fighting the Russians. You know he's going to come at you. Oh, he's incredibly skilled and that's why my gut's leaning that path. But the other guy has big, big, big time power. So, again, I would be not be shocked if it went the other way. As far as Tyson Fury, it does seem so strange that Fury and Anthony Joshua may never fight. He's only 34, though. Yeah, but we we are sort of leaking into Pacquiao Mayweather territory, where it's like three, four years after when it should be. But I'm I will still buy that fight. I will still watch the Legends no, League. The Legends League, uh, nineteen away from eleven o'clock. We will take a short break. Uh, not good news for the uh, Black Caps. Uh, one hundred and seventy nine for eight. We'll give you the anatomy of this uh, first innings against uh, the West Indies after this break. Stay with us. Quarter to 11. In fact, 14 minutes away from 11. My apologies. This is the Saturday session. He's Grant Elliott. Yes, he's here. Yes, I am here. Ben Francis Loving is it. here. My name is Daniel McCarty. Uh, feel free to join us. 0800-150-811. You can text uh, double eight double three. A busy old show for you. We've uh, looked at the heavyweight uh, uh, title fight this uh, weekend. Let's uh, look at a one-day series, which we probably look down on our nose at, at the opponent's. Well, I certainly did, Grant. I'm sure you'll tell me I'm wrong here. But uh, the West Indies, who humbled New Zealand in the first one-day international, you've got full coverage of this game going on on SCNZ, by the way. Uh, and so far, not good for the New Zealand uh, batters. Um, in game number two, we've hit the 45th over, Grant. 184 for the loss of nine wickets. Southey was uh, last to go, uh, missing uh, a straight one from the off-spinner. Went uh, past the outside edge and hit the off-stump, and he was bowled. Uh, for just, he has the score update, four. Uh, you look at the scorecard. Um, Finn Allen, 96, Daryl Mitchell, 41, and the rest do not want to hear about it. Yeah, well, what we're seeing is New Zealand were bowled out for 190 in the uh, first one day, and there was no real staying power. The high, top score was Kane Williamson with 34. He's out with a tight quad in today's game. That so. was Kane Williamson's first one-day international in about two years. Yeah, incredible, eh? Incredible. And, um, Worrying. Yeah, I think yeah we haven't seen a lot of Kane. Yeah, and same, same with the test matches. We haven't seen a lot of test match no. record from him. So and, and in that first one-day international, the only... The real frustrating thing about that, and as you were getting to, Grant, is everyone got starts. Yeah. No one went on. Yeah. At least and you've had someone go on and get a good score here today, but... 
It, it looks like a telephone number. The rest of the scorecard. Well, when, whenever you speak to a team in a, a preview of a game or even reviewing a game, it's like 30s or 60s don't win you one-day games. Unless it's a you know, flash in the pan at the end, 30 of sort of 12 balls um, where you can play that finishing role. But no one got above 34, as I said. And then in today's scorecard, there's just, besides Daryl Mitchell, there was a nice partnership there between Daryl Mitchell and, um, and Finn Allen, which uh, was 84. And outside of that, no one's got above double figures except Mitchell Satner, who's on 14, not out. So these pitches are difficult to get in on. So they're low, they're slow. Spin takes play, but we'd have to say that that's what the World Cup is going to be like. It's going to be uh, spinner's paradise. And I think the the positive things about this Black Caps team is that they've been on the tour to Ireland, Scotland, and the Netherlands. They've been on the stag do. And they've found players that potentially are going to be the players that could take this team to the next level. So, you know, Michael Bracewell, positive about that is, is obviously Henry Nichols has missed out. Finn Allen's come to the top, so we've got someone really aggressive at the top. So is Finn Allen their opener? Yeah, well, I'd say he is after this. So he, him and Guptill are the opening partnership for yeah. Australia yeah. and beyond. I'd, I'd be surprised if Finn Allen is not there now. So Nichols um, is out of the picture. Nichols is out. Um, Tom Latham's obviously still in. Great player of spin. And then Michael Bracewell, what he brings to the party is he brings that extra option. So you look at someone like Glenn Maxwell, who might be able to bowl five overs. So Michael Bracewell can come in, bowl the off spin, and then you've got Mitchell Satno bowls left arm orthodox, so you've got the ball turning both ways. Um, and that's real positive. Do you like the balance? I like the balance. I really do like the balance that we've got now. And we have to fit Kane Williamson in there, who would probably slot in for either a Glenn Phillips or James Neesham. Yeah, it does, does seem the, uh, the line-up they've gone with today, one extra batter uh, as a result. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure you're going to count on Phillips and Nisham to bowl a lot of overs, but uh, we will wait for the uh, West Indian run chase. Uh, currently, New Zealand are 190 for the loss of nine, five overs remaining, bolts on six. Uh, Santner, 14 not outs, uh, full scorecard. Uh, Guptill, Court Brooks, bold holder for three. Conway, bold Joseph for six. Latham, Court Sinclair, bold holder, no score. Then the good partnership between uh, Mitchell and Allen. Mitchell making 41 before he was scored the same bold Sinclair. Uh, Bracewell was caught Brooks bowled Hussein for just six. Phillips made nine before he was caught Puran bowled Hussein. Nisham gone for one. Uh, Sal there the last to go for four. Finnell on the star though. Uh, 96 off 117. Uh, Sinclair, the pick of the uh, West Indian bowlers alongside Jason Holder. Each have three wickets apiece. Holder has three for 15 off eight overs. Sinclair three for 33 off seven. We will be back after this break here on SNZ. Oh, Daniel McCarty's pointing at me, and he's saying, "Will you say something for a change?" Well, the well, score, you're back. It's 197 and for nine. Yeah, 197 New Zealand for nine. are struggling. As Bolt and Satner. Yeah, uh, Mumbai Indian star Trent Bolt is on 11 off seven, as he's been loaned out to the New Zealand cricket team. <laughs> That's what we were talking about in the break, actually. So yeah, it was nice of Mumbai Indians to loan us Trent Bolt for the season. <laughs> oh, has he been run oh, out? Oh, I reckon center. he's got him. Oh, he's gone. He's, he's got short. short. He's run out. Oh, it's tragedy. He's gone upstairs. Oh, he's all out for 198. Uh, no, potentially not. Looks like a little run out. Yeah, it looks potential. like a little run out. Is Santa coming back for a second? Um, the emotion Santa showing on his face. Well, come on, it's the emotion he always shows on his face. There is no emotion. Uh, I think he's going to be caught short. Back after this break, we'll tell you exactly. Eleven o'clock. 
yeah, dedication to um, a good friend of mine who unfortunately life was taken a little bit too early. Uh, Nicholas Irvin, son of Lee Irvin, who played for South Africa. Really unfortunate accident um, that I got a message to during the week, but loved Dave Matthews' band and was such an insightful, amazing young guy who I played cricket with and loved cricket, like passionate about cricket. And in, um, in the service, his, his dad, Lee, spoke about how when he was 13, he wrote a 32-page letter to Brian Laura, talking to him about his technique and why he wasn't getting runs. <laughs> and a month later, he got a, what is it, not a quadruple, it's a quint... He got 500 for 500, Durham. 500 for Durham, so obviously works. I'm not sure if he read that letter, but I'd love to read that letter now. And that is such a cool yeah. story. He said, I played you a couple of his voice messages, but he... Very he, funny, man. He would leave me 11-minute voice messages on our WhatsApp group. I used to listen to them on the way to work, yeah, so... I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah, very my, sad. My condolences. He'll be missed. I do love that story, though. 13-year-old writing a letter, 32-page letter <laughs> to one Brian Charles Lara yeah. to offer advice. I, I wonder if people listening right now have similar stories from when yeah. they were young. Did, did anyone have the... Uh, the cojones to, to reach out to write a letter to their sporting hero? Tell Grant Did they Elliot even get back to, to you? <laughs> Tell us your stories on that. 0800 150 I got a few letters where, you know, kids would go, oh, can you sign this, whatever. But no one really gave me batting advice. I remember... Oh, you got the odd email from a former player. <laughs> yeah, I did, get, I did get one from Martin Crow once. <laughs> he told me exactly what he thought about my... Uh, my batting, but um, yeah, oh, not a standard yeah. at the moment. Grant must work on A B C D E F G H I J K L. <laughs> should I go on? Oh, Aaron Aaron Redmond, um, his his dad Rodney Redmond got a hundred in his first test, played for New Zealand, just one played one, one test, yeah. And um, we, he read out an email to him when we made the finals of the Champions Trophy in two thousand nine against Aussie, and it said something like, basically, what I'm saying is just don't f it up. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> yeah, but we love hearing your advice as a listener um, on our show. And also, if you've written into any superstars as a child, giving them advice would be hilarious to hear. I, I do wonder how much advice has been um, um, offered to the to the All Blacks on this radio station um, on sporting forums around the globe over the last oh. few weeks. I know you've been in Australia for a fair bit, so you've been completely out of the bar. I've been um, hunkering down. Um, I haven't followed it as probably robustly as, as others. Ben Francis, of course, you know, working during the week here at SCNZ. Um, has, the, has the anger sort of waned now there has been a decision, a, a once and for all decision, it does seem, that um, Ian Foster and his uh, rejig coaching staff do have the full backing of the NZR, even though the NZR clearly did not, in a public setting, give them their full backing in the couple of weeks beforehand, which was a little bit odd. Um, if people digested it, Ben, and I'll offer um, Alice as a chance to react to this as well on 0800 150 Now, has the bed been made? People are happy to move on? Absolutely not. Really? I, I feel like it's been tempered. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that is a it, word. well, that is a word, depending on what word you're searching for. It's it's simmered down significantly, definitely in our office. I mean, one of the things I was speaking to Daniel about is how many people have come to me and said, you know what, I wasn't a big Foster fan, but now that they've picked him, I'm going to back the decision fully. They'd already picked them, though. Yeah. A year well, ago. 
Well, they felt like... He's been reappointed to the same job. <laughs> I like the way that you spun that. Well, no, that's what they've done. Yeah. Like, it, if retaining Foster, Foster was a 1% chance, just the way, and I'm not, not trying to offer communications advice, even though I'm about to offer communications advice, is you just say, he's got our support. Yeah, full support. Full support. He's our coach. Yeah. Until and you know he's what? not your coach. And then he's not your coach because mm. he's probably lost a couple of games. You go, right. We've changed our mind. It yeah. is our prerogative. They were, they were sort of a no-man's land. Well, There wasn't a whole heap of leadership going on. It was just sort of feeding the masses. That was only because you had the board saying one thing. You had the CEO saying another thing. The captain saying one thing. And the coach going, well, and I, a few I players don't know. And taking to social media and offering their take. And I wonder if that moved it. Yeah. A little bit messy, fair to say. Just be on the same page and just say, we're, we're all supporting him 100%. Yeah. He's our coach. Well, I'd like to offer them support uh, in the way of offering them as one of my nominations for Sleep Drops Performance of the Week. Get your nominations coming through on double eight, double three. Yeah, the All Blacks uh, performance at Alice Park in South Africa. Uh, in my mind, Grant, has to be nominated. Uh, it's certainly up there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Remember, Sleep Drops, New Zealand's only specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements. We've um, got uh, a prize pack to give away thanks to the team at uh, Sleep Drops. All you need to do is uh, make your own suggestions for performance of the week. So that's my nomination. The All Blacks, have you got a nomination? My nomination, I was going to say uh, Ian Foster keeping his job, but what should I say? Retaining his job. Yeah, being, being re- reappointed being... to the job he already had. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Ian Foster, I think that that was um, well, we spoke about it on the show a number of weeks ago and we, oh, I always thought he was going to be retained and Especially after the Graham Henry thing. Safe as houses. Safe as houses, I Safe as houses. I did doubt it after that first uh, Springbok uh, outing. But, you know, and also to the All Blacks fans. I think that they've they've come out of this all right. I thought they had. Ben Francis obviously doesn't. But I think that they've accepted it. We're moving on. And we're moving on in a positive direction. Can I say one thing, though? And it's very typical. Yes, uh, you're allowed. On, on the day after, or I should say on the afternoon after the game, as of course the game was on Sunday morning New Zealand time, as you would expect, when the All Blacks win, the, the phones were very quiet and people not really wanting to praise yeah. the All Blacks. But yeah, uh, welcome, welcome, like, welcome, like, welcome. But, yeah, like the, the week before, they were happy to rip into them, but there were not many people calling up singing their praises. But then, but then, as saying that, of course, on that Sunday, uh, Mark Robinson fronted the media with that pointless press conference, and that really seemed to rile people up again. So that that was quite funny to see. And that's to the point I was just raising. You know, there didn't see a whole, there didn't seem a whole hope of whole um, stack of public support. Um, they did seem in a public setting, public facing setting, seemed to be very confused where they were coming from. But that's no surprise that um, All Blacks fans don't ring up and praise the All Blacks because you know I've done talkback for twenty years. You know. When the All Blacks win by 40, 50 points, I used to be sad. Well, you Because said... I knew I would struggle the next day to elicit phone calls, bizarrely. <laughs> Explain that to me, Grant. Explain that psychology. Well... But yet the vocal minority um, have been very, very, very loud in their displeasure with the, the performances and the, and the change of coach being needed. Well, you did say to me after the All Blacks lost, um, you said to me, just sit back today. We won't have to say anything. And we did. This fruit machine just lit up like a Christmas tree. There was lights everywhere, people phoning in, distaste for where they were at. But I think that you have to see that as pride. And it's also 
I mean, there are certain jobs that you have out there where people are not going to phone and thank you. Policemen, they're not going to phone you and say thank you no, for keeping us no, safe. I'll, I'll, I'll defend the media here because they've copped a whole heap of criticism. The media from, have. From uh, those. You know what? You, you can criticise New Zealand media for being negative. You never praise them for when they praise you. I've very rarely have I ever had someone ring up and go, thanks for saying those nice words. <laughs> yeah. But I've been challenged when I've said you know, something critical. Mm. Mm. I don't challenge you when you and Ben abuse no. me, though. No. So. I, I just hope that we're not going to hear those stories of, you know, back in the day when it was Dean's v. Henry of, you know, certain stores in certain parts of the countries are only selling Wallabies jerseys or, you know, wherever Scott Robertson lands. And good luck to him. He's a fabulous coach. Um, you know, my opinion hasn't changed in two years. He would have been involved in my coaching setup. Can you can you sign him up now? Guy who I still think is a good coach. Can you sign Scott Robertson now and say, "Hey, go on a little sabbatical, go and coach another country, but we want you back at"? Why would he do that? Next year. Why would he do that? Gives you security. He does. He is Doesn't in demand. Security, right? yeah. I I wouldn't have thought so. Mm. I wouldn't have thought so. So, be interesting to see what happens. Um. I'm sure there are some people who are, who are so tied to the coach that they so desperately wanted. They're not going to root against their side. Some will. Well, let's and, hear, that, and that I never understand. Well, we that I can he, never understand. We need to hear from the Cantabrians. That's what you're saying. Am I? <laughs> oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven or text double eight double three. Um. Even the most strident of um, you know critics of Ian Foster will be very excited to to hear from our next guest today. That's where we need to go first, don't we? We do. We need to go to the tall, lanky, fast bowling, one forty plus. I'm sure he got it close to one fifty. It felt like one sixty thunderbolts into your rib cage. Very passionate about um, all things South Africa. Has moved to to Sydney. He's got an Australian wife and uh, played for the Brisbane Heat for a little while be fascinating to hear what he's up to but he wants to talk springbok rugby cricket and all things sport oh I'm, just, oh. oh I'm just watching a highlight package of him taking six for against new zealand oh here we go oh that, i didn't play that one no oh that, that look was look. the test match where he broke ross taylor's arm i think his forearm do you remember that i can't remember that yeah it's just, so that's that. why that's why ross taylor whose book has just come out black and white um, heard that. Has he got a book out? <laughs> yeah. You've got to bring it out during Christmas, don't you? The stocking fillers. But uh, that's why Roscoe wore the, the black uh, arm guard towards the end of his career. He always had that sort of forearm guard on. Was That was from the break of um, Morno Morkel. Yeah, he, didn't lo- he did not look like a fun guy to face. We will uh, take a short break. It's 11 minutes after 11. You are with uh, the Saturday session. Uh, quickly updating the uh, cricket as New Zealand's innings has finally come to an end. A really good job by Trent Bolt and uh, Mitchell Santner to put on, I think it was 31 runs for the last wicket, taking New Zealand from 181 for nine through to 212. So New Zealand all out for 212 in the 49th over. Finella making 96, Mitchell making 41, Santner was 26 not out, and uh, uh, Bolt finishing 16 before he was caught and bowled Sinclair. Sinclair finished up with four for 41 of 8.2 overs, uh, the uh, off-spinner, while the veteran... All-rounder Jason Holder picked up three for 24 off his nine overs. The West Indies need 213 runs to make it a 2-0 series lead. Back after this break with Mornay Morkel. 16 minutes after 11 o'clock, I misspoke. Mornay Morkel's joining us at 11.30. Okay, I got that wrong. Apologies. No, I got that wrong. Oh, I, I put too. my hand up. I'm willing to 
to own that mistake. There's a short window for you to join us on 0800 150 811. You've heard us discuss the Black Caps. You've heard us discuss um, the state of, uh, you know, the average All Blacks fan after the reappointment of the guy who was already appointed to the job. And Usyk Joshua. Yep, if you want to discuss that too. So open uh, forum. We've got a Bruce first up. Good morning, Bruce. I'll I'll join you and have a quick chat, gentlemen. What a treat. Um, Good day, Bruce. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I've uh, been recovering from the old damn COVID the last couple of weeks. So, um, oh, mate, sorry to hear. Coming out the other side. Coming out the other side. But like, um, but like that amazing sports result. Um, the, the English got dealt Whew. by the mighty South Africans in the cricket. Amazing. And yeah, that was a serious run. result, that Bruce. Sorry, Bruce, coming? you said something. Who saw that coming? Uh, I, I probably saw that coming know, before but... the New Zealand series because I, I didn't think there was much. I, what did I say? I don't think they've got the talent in that team. But miraculously, they found the, enough talent to beat New Zealand. Yeah, well, listen, when they played in the test series against us, I think that we were almost shell-shocked, Bruce. And also, they were buoyed by a new coach, new director of coaching. They played such an aggressive brand. And I guess the question was, is yeah. can they keep this up? Now, one of the things that really, you know, did them in this test was Anrich Norkia's spell, and he just broke the back of the England, England innings. And Dean Elgar said that in, a, in the presentation at the end. He ran in with, you know, a lot of intent and anger, and that's, that's something that I think we're missing in our, in our test lineup, is we're missing that Lockie Ferguson, that Pat Cummins, that someone who can run in for five overs and bowl just serious heat. And we're speaking to someone like that later on, Mornay Morkel, where you give them the ball and you go, right, nothing's happening in the game. It's a bit flat. It's not swinging. Mm. We need pace Mm. and bounce. And, you know, South Africa had that, and that's pretty much what did the the England team in. Yeah, if you can have a world-class, genuine, you know, um, fast bowler, or, I don't know, a quality spinner, if it's not moving. Mm. Naturally, then you've you've got a way to put New Zealand, uh, the opposition under pressure. Can I can I say that the balance the balance of their team must must look pretty good because their tail wagged a fair old way as well. They were just over two hundred and six and got up um, you know three hundred and twenty odd, and they battered the overs. You know, this is the one thing I've always I've, it's all right being positive and trying to push the pace and in recent times and tests, but when you have to. You know, sometimes you've got to bat 75, 80, 90 overs to actually um, give the game some justice um, and put yourself in a position where you can't lose. So, well, and you're and you're right. Uh, you look at the you, know? ra- you look at their run rate. There's no Saffa ball uh, monikers out there. Um, they, they went at three and a half runs and over, which was the pace England right. did in the first innings. And the Can thing I... is, Bruce, is that we know that when Joe Root scores runs, England do well. Mm. Or Besto. Yeah, mm. and, and, yeah or Besto in, in our case. But Joe Root didn't score any runs. And he holds that whole lineup together. When you look at you know, the yeah. likes of Lees, Crawley, and Pope, there's so much inexperience at the top of their order there. And then you've got now Besto batting at five after Root. So, so are you willing to admit that Ollie Pope isn't <laughs> the second coming of Colin Cowdery or something? I think that yeah. Ollie Pope you... is a wonderful player and he's got a lot to learn. <laughs> Um, uh, he's shown signs, and so does uh, Zach Crawley, because I actually rate Pope. I think he's a very, he's a fine player, but they're young. So I think, you know, mm. Joe Root, who's batting at four now, if he comes in and 
like they were, you know, uh, two for 38 every time um, in inside sort of 15 overs, he's going to be susceptible to the new ball. So you need solid openers. Can I, can I make yeah. one more one comment? Yes, we will allow it, Bruce. Thank you. Thank you for asking. You. Um, I'm glad you understand how this works. That you always seek um, permission. <laughs> Absolutely, I always bow to a higher. Um, a <laughs> 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 um, oh, great one. A comment on the uh, the talkback uh, talkback attitude and um, lack of callers when the All Blacks. Have a good win. Um, some you said it may be pride. I, I don't know if a lot of it, some of the, those callers, you know, it might be pride. But we've been blessed and generously um, uh, given a lot of results over the last few decades with our All Blacks. And simply, quite simply, the world has got more professional and caught up, and we need to get to grips with it. And realise that we are going to lose more games than we than we used to. And when you oh, I completely team, agree. I completely agree, Bruce. I, I, Bruce, and I remember, say we, the British and Irish Lions are here. Um, this is a former mm-hmm. station, which is no longer around. I remember after the, the first game of that tour, where I think the British and Irish Lions struggled. We had people calling up saying the British and Irish Lions aren't going to win a game in New Zealand. It's like, come yeah, on, come on. Well, because we were at the dizzying heights of an incredible era. There was always going to be some correction. New Zealand was always going to come down a couple of levels. The world was going to go up. I, I think the gap has closed too quickly, too fast, um, and some have gone past us. You know, the results speak for themselves, you know, five or six tests. Um, and that's why it was, you know, why it was a, a fair talking point for sure. And I would have understood if NZR decided to, to move on. But but you are so right, um, the, uh, Bruce. The Maybe this is a fallout of just audience. having it too good for too long. Well, quite possibly. Quite possibly. But, you know, when you support a, 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 a team, you support them through lows and highs. You know? And you're supposed to, as far as I'm concerned, well, as far as fandom. It, but yeah, there's a lot of teams I support who were... Time. I hear you, Bruce. Hey, we've got to get to a break, Bruce. Lovely to hear your voice. Good to talk. Uh, sounds like you're bouncing back. Look after yourself, mate. Do appreciate it. Thanks so much. Um, our, our lines are always open. 0800 150 811, or you can text us on double eight double three. We'll get to a break now, and our very special guest will be with us after this break, I promise, after my false starter. See, every time... Morning, Morkel comes on the program. I I stuff up. And you panic. Much. Yeah, I do. Panic like most right-handed batsmen yeah, yeah. have to face him. Okay. He will join us up after that. There you are. It's 28 minutes after 11 o'clock. The run chase for the West Indies has started. New Zealand all out for 212. And the uh, 49th over, I think it was, Myers and Hope starting the run chase for the West Indies. 213 is the target. They've uh, picked up a run early. Uh, the opening bowler for New Zealand is Trent Bolt, of course, on loan from the Mumbai Indians. <laughs> 213 is the target. Uh, let's welcome in our very special guest. Oh, he's taking some blows here. He doesn't want to play the ball. It's hardest against Morkel because he can make it bounce from back of the length. The ball doesn't have to be that short. Mm. 
flow to Michael Clark. This time to the side of the face, or the side of the head, I should say. Just missed the stumps as it ricochets off Michael Clark. It loops behind him. He had no idea where that ball was. And this crowd is just loving it. Oh, gruesome stuff there. And that brings in our new guest. Well, not new. He's a friend of SENZ. It was a friend of yours. I butchered his name last night. <laughs> he probably won't even acknowledge me. Mornay, welcome to the show once again. Who do you think you were bowling to there? Hello, gentlemen. Um, you know, if we add a bit of music to that, I reckon that could be a little chart, uh, chart topper. Um, Michael Clark <laughs> in uh, Newlands, I reckon. You know, you put yeah, a, bang put a on. Bit of it, put a bit of beat yeah. to it. I think, you know, that's, 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 that's good. That's good. Thank you very much for that. What, what type of music? What type of music should we have behind this? Because I'm all for it. I, I could watch Michael Clark getting hit by you all day for some bizarre <laughs> reason. I don't know what it is. Uh, what music would you like to accompany that sort of montage of you... <laughs> Making a very, very fine player look like he'd made some very bad life decisions. You know, I, I think just at the top of my head, um, remember that old Barbara Streisand song? You go, do, 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 Michael Clark, and then we just, you know, a bit of a bit of Barbara Streisand. That one. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I don't know. To Michael Clark, and then. You know, when the ball sort of, I roll the ball, yeah, perfect timing. <laughs> that looked like you were having fun at work that day, Mornay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a special day. Um, you know, playing at Newlands, uh, it's always, always great. It's one of my favourite venues to, to play at. And, yeah, we sort of just came up with a, with a bit of a game plan to go hard at Michael, and, you know, luckily it worked. Uh, be honest oh, now, Mornay. Oh, as a, as a, it didn't work. It didn't work. He scored 100. He actually played. Yeah, he, did. <laughs> he did. He was a pretty damn good player, though. Fairness. But as a fast bowler. Oh, no, carry on. Carry on. No, I think that there, was, there, was a, there was an opportunity. You know, I sort of balanced him and uh, he gloved the ball, but JP, uh, JP Germany, he was under the helmet. And, uh, you know, short leg, I always like my guy to be in sort of nice and close, but JP. Of course, he was, he was quite new in the job. He was standing at square leg. So we missed that moment. <laughs> and Michael went a, brilliant, a brilliant, brilliant <laughs> Tell me, Mornay, though, as a fast bowler, when you're at the top of your run-up and you hit a rhythm like that and you know you're just terrorizing batters, isn't the inclination, like, do you actually feel like you want to physically, you know, I guess, intimidate them? Do you want to get them out or hurt them? Yes, that's basically <laughs> I what I'm asking. Grant is trying to say. Uh, yeah, I think I think hurt them first and then try and get them out. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, at Newlands, Newlands always had nice true bounce. And I think that's one thing that made me sort of excited when I had ball in hand. Is when you bowl that first couple of balls, you see the ball sort of flying through to the keeper and, you know, Bouch or AB or whoever behind the stumps is catching it sort of um, shoulder head high. That used to sort of, you know, get me get my juices going again. And from there... Of course, I'm six foot six. It's, it's quite easy. If there's a little bit of bounce and pace in the wicket, um, you don't have to try too much. You can just bang a little, bang away on the length, and you know, sort of, sort of let the ball do the rest. So, 
officially six six because I've 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 heard I think Michael Slater famously called you eight foot six in one game. <laughs> uh, I've heard I've heard, well, lo- I've heard lots of heights over the years, so it's six six. I was uh, well when I was when I was measured when I joined the Proteus, I was uh, six six, and then after ten years of international cricket, I'm six foot five now. <laughs> 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 All those overs that you bowled in probably India. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and that's only because, you know, uh, up front when the ball was swinging, Dale and Vern would, would go crazy. And then as soon as there's nothing in the ball, they throw me the ball and say, okay, well, <laughs> there you go. And then if the ball was reversing, I'll take the ball back. So I had to do all the donkey work then at middle, middle period. And uh, yeah, I definitely lost a couple of inches. So. <laughs> yeah. Not that you've got any complaints <laughs> over that, for sure. <laughs> You'd have a big smile on your face. Algar ball is better than Baz ball, right? Absolute proof. Yeah, no, that's well, what a what a result for the boys. Uh, you know, I love sort of the build up before the start of the the, the, the test, and just to see those that that group of guys go out and, and put a performance in like that was was special. Um, playing at Lords, I mean, the majority of that top order, I think Dean is the only guy that, that's played. You know, batted on, on Lords before, so for them to go in and 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 bully the the palms in the backyard like that, it's it's it's, it's you know it's fantastic. Um, it started with the white ball. I mean, they had a fantastic T Twenty series and, and 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 you know 50 over comp and yeah, to 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 beat any team by innings by innings is, is special. And you know, just watching sort of last night, um, you know, we, we spoke about the baseball and the aggressive nature, but I. I mean, guys, you also you better. Some of those batters were they look they look scared. You know, I know it's, it's quite intimidating when when somebody's bowling I don't know 50 clicks, but there was not a lot of foot foot movement and you know just throwing sort of pushing out of out of off stump. So yeah, happy for them. Um, and it's a real 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 sort of start for them on that English tour, which is an important test test tour for them. You know, we're dying for some more yeah. test cricket in South Africa for South Africa team to to play more test cricket. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure you guys feel the same way about New Zealand. And, yeah, it's important that, totally. that, that they sort of, you know, go out and dominate there and show the world that, you know, we're here to compete and we want to compete and run with the big dogs. Picking up on, on what Mourne's saying there, Grant, being the batter that you were, uh, what goes first? Is it is it the head? Is it the feet? Is it the bowels? When, <laughs> when someone's falling that fast? No, so it's, a, it's a good question, and I'm sure Mourne knows the, the answer to this, is that, you can't actually look at a batter's technique and go, oh, you're not moving your feet because you you can't coach someone if you don't know what's happening in their head. Yeah. Now, if you're scared yeah. and you feel like you're you're going to be physically harmed, well, then your feet aren't going to move. Well, they and might you, move to square leg. Yeah. You go to flight, fight, yeah. or freeze. And you're, even if you're in fight mode, you still quite, your body's tense and you don't move fluently. It's jarring movements. You have to be in that zone where you you're relaxed and you're not thinking of the outcome and it's just see the ball, hit the ball. Yeah, but I think it's also so important, your your chat in the change room. You know, I remember when we played against mm. Australia and Mitch Johnson was, was bowling at the speed of light. I mean, the top <laughs> order, some of the guys will walk in and say, that is fast. I mean, you know, the guy sitting there, <laughs> he's listening to that. And mind me batting at 10, listening to that. So, you know, and then... You you start sort of playing those those and then you sit on the balcony you see the ball flying through nicely and all of a sudden on the TV it's 150 kilometers per hour then that little mind game starts playing on you so the mm. language in the dressing room just needs to be I think needs to be solid um, yeah for, 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 you know when you when you go out in, in, in situations like that well we were going to talk rugby but we are on cricket at the moment so I want to talk about Anrik Nokia's uh, spell 
And Dean Elgar said that, you know, that broke the back of uh, the, the England team. How important is it, Mornay, to have that one bowler in your team who is intimidating, is quick, and is fast? I, I think it's, it's key in a, a test team if you want to be a world championship team. For sure, for sure. You know, to have that sort of X factor in your bowling lineup. And I think at the moment, South Africa, what I like about the attack, they've got a, a six foot eight Michael Janssen left arm seamer bowling fast. Mm. Rabada has got his skill, he's got his pace. And Giri look, looked like, you know, he's fit and, and running in well, and he's got no yeah, idea. So I think it's that constant pressure. And that's a, that's a beauty. That's a, the key for me about this cricket is, you know, bowling from both ends, creating that pressure. Uh, not giving batters sort of any breathing space. And, you know, with Arnich Murkia, um, what I liked about it is, you know, uh, he sort of leaked a, a couple of runs in his, in, in his first couple of initial overs, but Dean kept him, kept, kept him on. You know, a lot of captains would say, okay, no, we don't want to fall blind. We don't, we don't want to give these, the, the batter a start and we'll take him off. But they knew that he had a, you know, a couple of balls. As soon as he find, sort of settles and finds his rhythm, and he's a guy that can really, really like break the game open. And he did exactly that. Let's move off cricket. Let's talk rugby. Oh, the wheels are falling off South Africa. One <laughs> win and the All Blacks fans are back to their arrogant, annoying best, Mornay. What happened last week? Listen, you guys planned it very well because I knew, I know that we were surprised <laughs> on the face tonight. <laughs> You, you used Grant as, as an excuse that he was not you know, in studio, but you, you knew, like, uh, Alice Park, you guys had a chance of, of a victory there. So I'm glad we're having this conversation. Um, yeah, I, I just think the box are on a high, you know. It's after, since the World Cup, I went back home for, for a couple of weeks. And, you know, just to see at school rugby, our professional and other boys are training. And, you know, from there you go into your varsity cups. Uh, rugby is really healthy in South Africa. And, um and the box is obviously still on, on cloud one, uh, cloud nine. A fantastic squad. Um, now Sprite, you know, they haven't seen any rugby for, for, for decades. And, you know, with COVID, the turnout there was always going to be massive. Um, so, yeah, once, you, once you've got that sort of 50,000, 60,000 people behind you and, and a, confident, a confident box squad, it's always going to be, be hard. Um, but I, I, think, I think, you know, sort of looking back, um, you know, South Africa always, when we played the All Blacks, and Grant, you would know, you know, because we used to wake up in the mornings at four or five and watch those games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it was always about competing and not losing, you know, getting that, 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 that losing margin for it not to be too big. And I think sort of we've got that confidence now that we can beat the All Blacks, All Blacks now. And, you know, home and away. I think the last sort of uh, championships, we you know we did extremely well with that. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, for the, for the box to go out and put a performance like that, it's, it's, it's also, like I said, for sport, it's, it's great for sport. Because now, you know, the All Blacks will find a way to, to get back into the game and, and dominate World Rugby like you guys always do. And that, like that again, will bring out a, a fantastic motivational story on, on Netflix that we're all going to watch because there's nothing on a Netflix at the moment. <laughs> so we're all, we're, all dying for, we're all dying for a new book. We're all dying to read. Uh, we're all dying for a new, you know, rugby series to come out. And I think it's just now sort of that cycle for the All Blacks to come back, you know, before World Cup, because they potentially will win the World Cup. And then, you know, it's going to be a great story again to, to inspire millions of youngsters to, to take that passion of becoming <laughs> an All Blacks or a rugby player. Yeah, well, we all had to deal with Matt Damon doing a bad South African accent uh, all those years ago on Invictus. Uh, I, I don't know what actor will play in Foster. Uh, Danny, 
I was going to say Danny DeVito, but that's just mean. He's way taller. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, Grant. Oh, Mornay, did you, did you follow the Ian Foster saga much with the, the coach of the All Blacks? And have you ever experienced, um, um, when you were playing for South Africa or the Proteas, did you ever experience a little bit of a coup with the coach and whether he was going to be in and out? Even the public so, I guess, against you, or a certain section, I should probably say, of, of the public is against your side. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, there's always always going to be uh, the coach will always be in, in the spotlight, you know, especially when when you you're coaching one of the the biggest sporting teams in the world. I mean, I remember um, you know with, with Gary Kirsten when we went to the number one in the world with a test team. You know, Russell Domingo followed him after that, and everybody was sort of you know is Russell the guy to lead the team? And you know, we we started off to to a shaky start and. Um, and you know, there was a lot of headlines in the newspapers. But it's so important, you know, for the senior players to help the coach out in that situation. And I think, you know, New Zealand they've they've got that. Um, listening to all the interviews, you know, they, they've got the belief. It's it's just a confidence game, and you know, things can change so 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 quickly. So I mean, you don't become a, a bad team overnight. And you know, the skill is there, the class is there. Um, I just think also, you know, other teams sort of lifted their their level level a little bit. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's once you get that confidence, you can be the team, you know, and, and get that that monkey off your shoulder. Life becomes a little bit easier. And I just think, you know, Ireland and South Africa, they're on that that stage now where they found a blueprint, they've got a formula of of how to to, to play the All Blacks. And um, yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll they'll you know they'll they'll they'll, they'll make a comeback. I mean, obviously after winning at Alice Park, which is a fortress of South Africa, it's a massive booster for them, um, which is great. So I'm hearing, Mornay, that you think there's obviously going to be a Netflix documentary now and the All Blacks to win the World Cup. I mean, we've got uh, Australia and Argentina coming up. I think those are, those are big games in terms of Ian Foster and you talk about the senior players getting behind the coach. But you think that uh, All Blacks favourites going into the World Cup? I think there'd be a lot of uh, All Blacks fans that would disagree. Well, the great question is, where do South Africa and New Zealand possibly meet at a World Cup? Um, uh, Mono, without putting words in your mouth, I'm, I'm detecting you will say Ireland, Scotland, Tonga, Romania will be no match for the mighty boxing group play, that the Springboks will top <laughs> Pool B. Are New Zealand good enough to get past France? France are an excellent Ooh. side. So oh, there could I mean, be a possibility, Mornay, where New Zealand, and this is, this is no... Crazy, crazy idea. New Zealand finish runner-up in Pool A, and we meet in the quarterfinals. Oh, wow. And we all know what happens there, Mornay, where New Zealand yeah, and well, South Africa play in a quarterfinal. Yeah, France, Ireland, you know, South Africa, New Zealand. I mean, those guys, they're, yeah, they're playing fantastic rugby. But for me, it's just New Zealand. Yeah. They, they, they know how to win big games. They know how to close down big games. Uh, I, I thought South Africa, the Springboks, especially in the last test match, you know, we were forced um, going sort of behind uh, early. We were forced to bring in our, our bench. And our bench is normally our guys we, as we bring on the last 20 minutes to put in a power performance. But um, we fought so hard, you know, to, to, to get you know into back into the game and then we had that slight little lead. But when it came to that last 20 minutes. Um, you know, All Blacks was just too, 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 too powerful and, and too cynical and, and disciplined. So um, I think for me that that is something that's, that will always be there there about them. And you know, when it comes to those big, big knockout games, um, yeah, it's, it's about who can stay calm, who can stay disciplined, 
Um, and I think I think just with the skills that the All Blacks have, they'll they'll come close. And if you're there in that, that top sort of top four, top five teams going into the World Cup, um, yeah, you always always come close. I think you're in with a chance. Now, Mourne, before you give me a couple of bounces, because producer Ben Francis said that you actually were going to have quite a few um, dubious questions to me. Oh, I know, I know <laughs> that you. I'd like to hear more of this. I know that you you might have a few big games coming up yourself. Are you off to the that uh, Legends League in India? So I, play, I played in the Legends League uh, last year, which was was fantastic fun. I actually missed you there, Grant. To be honest, um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm missing it this. I'm missing in this time round. Um, I'm involved with Namibia for the World Cup, so they qualified for the World Cup, and we've, oh, got, a, we've got a tour to, to PNG first, and then they they arrive in in Australia on the, on the 1st of October. Um, so I, I'm, I'm quite excited about that. Joining up with Namibia, um, you know, I've, I've I've sort of had one tour with them in in Zimbabwe, and it's just amazing to to work with this group of players. You know, it's just to be honest, to to go back and and See, see, sort of basic it's just students, guys working from eight to five, and they just they are absolutely in love with the game. You know, they they just want to go out and compete and, and, and do well. Um, you organise a bat for them, and it's like like back in the day when it, when you were 16, 18 year old and you did a bat for the first time. You know, that means so much to them. I think nowadays, in a lot of the, a lot of the professional sportsmen, they get a bag a season with 20 bats in, 150 pairs of gloves, and sometimes you can take those <laughs> things for granted. <laughs> Just going back yeah. into this sort of environment where it's, 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 everything means so much it's, for me was, was great. So, yeah, I'm going to be involved with Namibia and, um, yeah, take it from there. So, unfortunately, going to miss the, uh, the, the India, India sort of party. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I, I really will miss that as well. But oh, Enough of your pleasantries. <laughs> Morno, we've got two minutes. I want these nasty questions. I want, <laughs> I want a fiery, fast bowling spell towards Grant Elliott. Oh, Laura no. Jaws. Mr. Morkel. You know, yeah, the timing about it is, 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 is not, not ideal. You know, obviously, when it was just about the rugby chat, and, you know, Grant, obviously, you know, he's living in New Zealand and plays for the Black Caps and stuff like that. But surely deep inside of them, when the box go down, you know, there is still a bit of, bit of, bit of sort of, not bitterness, but a bit of sort of, ah, you know, we lost again. Ah, because, you know, you, you can't tell me on air that, you know, it's, it's all all black for him. Uh, as a South African, when you're born and you grow up, you know, your dad, when you go to your first scan, he'll ask, okay, is there, you know, tell me about the scan, is there a willy? And then if it's a rugby, it's that. It's just fizz past your nose, Grant. He's going to be the next box. So, you know, for me, uh, you know, the conversation with Grant is obviously, you know, I, I don't buy the thing that it's all in the end. I do feel, I do feel there's still a bit of ah uh, when the box go down. Well, uh, listen, Mone, we've run out of time. So my parents came here yeah, probably eight years ago, and they're still Springbok supporters. But I have to say that yeah. I'm an all-black supporter now. I think playing for when – I, when I started playing for New Zealand, I think it was different then, Mone. Um And, I mean, you living in Australia now, I think if you played cricket for Australia – I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'd support the the Wallabies, but then again, they're not the greatest KP, team. KP, uh, no, that KP, was a short answer. No, no, KP. Well, well look at KP. KP played for England, <laughs> lives in England, but he's, he's still a box supporter. He's every weekend. Yeah. Come on, BP. Come on, my guy. Grant, it's yeah. Blood is green. Well, we can we can <laughs> we can keep discussing that over the year of the show, Mornay, but. 
I, I can hear the passion in your voice about coaching Namibia, and it, it's great to hear. Even though I tried to get you to Wellington, it just didn't work out. Uh, Namibia sounds a little bit sunnier, and uh, it sounds like you're having a great time with them. And uh, I guess forging your, your new journey as a, as a cricket coach in, in your new home, Australia. But we really appreciate you coming on the show, and lovely to hear your rugby insight. There's passion there as well. And also... The, um, <laughs> For us to view the and footage of back. you hitting do Michael Clark. Back. Yeah, do come back. And hopefully Daniel doesn't call you Mornal um, as we <laughs> sign off. Thanks a lot, Mornal. Yeah, Thanks, guys. And next time I'm coming with a polygraph test, Grant, for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do that. That's fantastic. Mr. Morkel, as he will forever be called in my mind. Thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Cheers, gents. Have a good day. Absolute champion. Uh, Morno Morkel joining us. Only oh. 309 test wickets uh, for those who don't know uh, the game of cricket, but clearly a massive box fan. Polygraph test. You want to get that going? Yeah. I wonder if you can buy those and trade me or something. Yeah, very days. reliable. I'm yeah. sure they will be. Yeah. Um, I just need to figure out a way to doctor the results. You can get those eight ball things that you shake. We could do it. That's probably as accurate. Like a dog with a bone then, wasn't he? <laughs> you wouldn't let go. <laughs> Would not let go. Yeah, still a safe <laughs> Yeah. More Booker. Uh, it's nine and a half minutes away from uh, 12 o'clock. The West Indies have lost another wicket. Those details just after that. I, I do love the mind of my co-host, Grant Elliott, after uh, being challenged to a polygraph test by Morno Morkel uh, in the last break. He's already thinking, oh, then I can put it on you and find out all your secrets, mate. I'm going to search polygraph testing unit and see if you can actually buy them online. Do you honestly think I would um, you know, sign up? To do a polygraph with you and Ben Francis as uh, the Quizmasters? I've been very... Be signing a death warrant. I've been very transparent on the show, and I'd like you to be the well, same. Well, Morno Morkel basically accused you of being a liar in the last... He did. ...our last segment. If you're just tuning in, Morno Morkel, brilliant as always, talking cricket and rugby, the former South African fast bowler, and I mean fast and nasty. All six foot six or six foot five, as he is these days. Oh, uh, you can check out our social media. Uh, ben will put that up uh, shortly. As far as what's coming up in the last hour of the show, as always on a Saturday, it's our Saturday session, Legends. And it's our ode to the Heartland Championship. We are massive Heartland Championship fans here. Uh, we are going to catch up with an absolute legend of the Heartland Championship. It is bang on 12 o'clock, final hour of the show. Uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed the first two. Hope you have too. You can join us on 0800 150 811. Double eight, double three. It's getting to that time of the show when we're getting a little bit crazy off here. Well, uh, and M- Mornay Morkel has done us a wonderful favour. This is a great idea. He, he wants to put a lie detector test. He wants Grant Elliott to take a lie detector test to find out if there's any part of him that still roots for the spring box. Mornay Morkel clearly does not believe a single word that came out of your mouth. No. So I've, do- I've done a little bit of homework here. Yeah. Google gives you all the answers. So... We can actually, we can do one, we can do a polygraph examination, which can cost between 705 to 845 and then you've got to get a room booking, which is $150, or we can get what? the USB polygraph 2 police edition. Oh, we can buy it online. From Amazon. Yeah, that's probably absolutely terrible. For $139, so I've sent the link to producer Ben Francis. And we'll, we'll send it up the chain and see if the bosses can buy it for us. Well, they used it on... Um, well, like, I'll take a recorder in and record his full lie detector test if they want to go the full one. Yeah. Well, I think we need evidence. We need the paper evidence. But this one was used on Love Island, so it must be really <laughs> it accurate. It must be real. It must be it really must accurate. To, to see through all the bullshit on that show, <laughs> where they're lying all the time. 
<laughs> yeah. I, th- I think we just lost our Did listeners. you try it on with that girl? Yes, clearly I did. Because <laughs> that's what I'm on this show to do. I- I'd like to know, if there was one question you could ask one athlete from, from today or the past, what would it be? And to the listeners out there, this, this is a goldmine for you on double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. One question to one person in a sporting landscape with our lie detector test on them. What are you asking? Mm. Have you have you got anything, Ben Francis? You'll probably say, "What were you doing in the toilet, Kalen Ponga?" Well, that could, that could be a good one, and it would clear lots of things up. Uh, oh, geez. See, the, the problem with that question is it's so broad, and to be kind of put on the spot with it. Yeah, you've got to narrow it down. Like, like I could I could think from a Warriors perspective, I'd want to know exactly what went on between kind of Mark Robinson and Matt Lodge when that whole ordeal played out, uh, among other things. You could say to a, a few cricketers, you could say, oh... Have you what have you been offered match fixing? You know things like that. There's so many different things you could ask someone in South Africa. Did they really poison the All Blacks in 1995? I've I've just got so many ideas just bouncing in my head. I don't know where to begin. I'd but you'd like, like to find Susie, who might actually not be a thing, and ask Susie if you poisoned the All Blacks. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people Ben, will agree with you on that one. Yeah, I, I'd like to ask the the All Black CEO if he's 100 percent Andy and Foster. <laughs> right. Are you really a hunji? Are you really? Are you really? Because I've been picking up some <laughs> some vibes <laughs> from you that you might not be a hunji. <laughs> Are you really a hunji on him? And and, and, and what if he goes yes, fail? Well, I mean, this one will tell you the Amazon test. But I'd also like to ask Brendan whether he really wanted a bat first in the World Cup final battle bowl. He had his time over oh, again. Really? Yeah. Was there much chatter, like, about that? Do you guys have a, a bit of a hooey get together and go? Everyone offer their opinions, or is it just player? What the afterwards? And coach? No, before. Oh no, 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 no. So it's no. just it's just captain and coach. He might ask a few people, but I think that that just clouds your judgment. You just, as captain, you want to go. I think we should do this. You ask the coach, and he gives his opinion, and that's it. Like you can ask a, a few people, but I think, you know, if you ask, you the want bowlers, a bat first. No, I would have liked to have bowled first. Why? Well, it's, a, it's a final. We'd never been there. We hadn't played an Aussie. You couldn't I mean, lose in the first half of the game. Savage. Well, it would have been nice to sort of just get into the final, um, you know, just get a feel for it. Get your participation and we, certificate. And we had chased well during the tournament. Yes, you had, but the history at MCG over the three or four years before was score 240 and win. Mm. Yeah, is not a high bar. No, it wasn't a high bar, especially 150 for three. Yeah. 35th over. So that would be Not that, that you've played out those sort of overs a lot in your mind. Oh, you play yeah. out that yeah. those moments in sport. And, I mean, you think of the 2019 World Cup. I can't remember who we were speaking to. Oh, it was Mike Sandal uh, when we had him on the show. And we were talking about all those moments in that game that people will be replaying in their head when Trent Bolt caught the ball, mm. stepped back, and stepped on the rope. Um, the Martin Guptill throw where it... You know, hits been Kumar Damasena forgetting oh, the rules. Oh, forgetting the rules. Even the run, Martin Gupta yeah. was in, involved in as well. We had to come back. Maybe, for maybe two. that's my question. I'll get Kumar Damasena. I'll slap on the lie detector and go. Did you really know about that rule, <laughs> or were you really in England's camp? Yeah, I think there'd be a lot of umpires lining yeah. up. Yeah, with, or we could go with the Daniel McCarty lie detector detector, which is I put my fingers on the a person's pulse, look at their their pupils, they look up and to the right, they're lying. 
So call 0800-150811. Ask Grant Elliott any question about anything. Uh, and I'll get him to answer and I'll tell you if he's lying. Are you going to ask me right now? You've got your fingers yeah. on my pulse. You're yeah. looking into my eyes. Yeah. You're going to ask me if I'm a Springbok supporter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look left and I'm going to go, no. Is there any part of you that supports the Springboks? Not one ounce. He's telling the truth. I have to say that. <laughs> to basically keep this relationship working. Otherwise, um, you know, it's going to make it pretty uncomfortable. Uh, so <laughs> let's have a bit of fun. If you've got one question you'd like to ask one athlete, um, under a lie detector test, let us know. 0800 150 or double eight double three. It's a really big day, though. Heartland Championship. Oh, Biz back for that. Heartland. I, I loved it last year. Do you remember we had the story um, of players whose houses, or it was a player, maybe players. Yeah, players' house was on fire. And he and ran back in to get his boots. Get his boots for the game. Yeah, and Morno Morka was just... We don't recommend you do that for, as far as fire safety. No, health and safety, you shouldn't really be doing that. But, uh, I mean, he was that passionate about the game. He's like, oh, my house is on fire. Oh, what about my game tomorrow? I better get my boots. And Morno Morka was talking about players for Namibia because he's coaching with Namibia now. And he said, you know, they get a, a bat, a free bat or whatever, one sponsorship, and they're over the moon. And he said, you know, playing in the professional game, because he played in the IPL, There'd be players who are getting 15 bats, you know, and he just said how grateful they are and how much they love the sport, and that's what Hotland Championship was about, I remember last year. So I'm all behind it, and I've got to try and remember which team I was trying to support. I think it was Thames. I'm pretty sure you had to bob each way across every team. King's Country. Yeah. King's Country? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow, that's not King Country. Is that near King Country? Well, I I like to call it King's Country. Right. Okay. Do you just cross the border from King Country into King's Country? Yeah, something like that. Right, okay, something like that. (laughs) Well, we're going to catch up with former North Otago captain Ralph Darling, who played for a number of years, well over a decade, made the New Zealand Heartland Championship uh, six or seven times. Uh, Epic drop goal uh, in the Meads Cup final as well. What a what a wonderful career. Great servant of um, our Heartland Championship over a number of years. I'm sh- sure he's still heavily involved in rugby. We're going to catch up with uh, Ralph Darling, part of our Saturday session legends, our special ode to the Heartland Championship. Uh, before we go to the break, uh, let's update the uh, one-day international between New Zealand and the West Indies. You can uh, check out full commentary on the SNZ app. Uh, earlier today, New Zealand made 212 all out. Finn Allen made 96 before he was bowled, chopping on off the bowling of Jason Holder. Top score, uh, fine effort from him, 96 off 117. Daryl Mitchell made 41, and Santner and Bolt put on uh, 30-odd for the last wicket, getting New Zealand over 200. Uh, 213, the target for the West Indies. And uh, it looks a long way off for the West Indies. They are in struggle street for sure with uh, Mayers gone without scoring. Brooks gone without scoring. King gone for two. And uh, Hope gone for 16. He was the last to go in the ninth over with the score at 23. 23 for four. They've added one more run. So 24 for the loss of four. Southie four overs. No maidens two for 12. And on loan for the Mumbai Indians. Trent Bolt 4.3 overs. One maiden two for 12. For him. So uh, the veterans doing the job. There's a big appeal for Court behind, is it? And oh, he's given one. him. He's given him. It's a five far. That's three for Bolt. I don't Hur- think this was out. Hurran, bye-bye, ta-ta, take care, see you later. Uh, I you reckon don't think that's it's off out. the shoulder. He's going to challenge. Decision Challenging is that. being reviewed. It's one of those, uh, well, steepling bounce. Looked like, according to the umpire, that he got a glove or a bat and went through to Latham and took it above his head. Uh, not the case, uh, according to the batsman who has challenged the decision, so they will go upstairs and review that one. Uh, 24 for 5. 
may be clawed back to 24 for four. Let's just uh, hold there. That's off the shoulder. That will be. Mumbai Indian um, player on loan to New Zealand, Trent Bolt, really getting into his work here. He really is. And that one was a cross-seam bumper to Nicholas Puran. He's got some pace going, but also a little bit of swing. So important when Southie and... Southie and Bolt get swing. They're dangerous. Yeah, it's just flick that right shoulder, though. He will be adjudged. Not out. Oh, there's Ooh. a little. So the ball's gone past the shoulder, then the bat, and there's another little spike as it goes past the bat. This might be out, Grant Elliott, no. in the end. Uh, we've got to get to a break, though. We'll give you those details right now. Not out. Been overturned. Not out as the call. It remains 24 for four. Thank you, technology, for not taking forever because this was that was making dreadful radio uh ralph darling our saturday session legend is joining us after the break in association with somerset think legendary care think somerset retirement villages wanganui desperately need the ball ralph darling the captain the front rower the drop kick the three points the veteran what a play ralph darling who knew that who knew that well, the man himself probably did, that he was capable of it. and uh, Can leave his uh, fingerprints all over the Meads Cup final from a, a few years ago. Wonderful moment, of course. I, I think that was 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Ken Laban had the call. It is time for our Saturday session legends. And being uh, the huge Heartland Championship fans uh, that we are, we wanted to catch up with a Heartland Championship legend. Boy, we have got one, haven't we, Grant Elliott? Oh, absolutely. I saw that drop kick. I watched it this morning and... I must admit, I didn't know much about Ralph Darling uh, before this morning, but now I'm a massive fan, and I can't wait to hear his insight into The Joel Stransky of North Otago. As the ball just <laughs> shaves the uprights. <laughs> Ralph Darling joins us here on the program, our Saturday session legend for this week. Ralph, thanks so much for dropping by. Now, thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be here. We've got to teach uh, Grant the first thing. How do we say North Otago properly? You don't announce enunciate the O, right? Otago. North Otago. We got that right? Yeah, that's it. That's perfect. That's it. There you North go. Otago. North Otago. Play for North Otago. Yeah, that's how we say it down at Omaru. Exactly, <laughs> mate. So you, you represented the, the province from 2007 through to 2021. You're now assistant coach. I've got to start. Are you, are you thrilled with your move to the coaching for <laughs> on game day? Are you a little bit jealous? Do you want to strap the boots on and get out there today? Oh, there's a, there's a bit of mixed emotions there. Um, last week, yeah, we had a couple of PCs, and I did have to get the boots on for the first one, but I didn't get on, fortunately. But um, no, no, it's actually a good step for me to take. I was getting a bit old. The body's not where it, where it should be, so it was the right step for me to take. Hey, so, so Ralph, is there an opportunity for you to be a player coach, uh, I, I I heard maybe a hint that maybe if a few people go down, you might just strap the, the gear on and get out there. Um, that would be the only way that that would be happening, is if someone got injured <laughs> in the warm-up. But how often does that happen? Yeah, never <laughs> say never. Um, hey. yeah, never, never but you're never. telling me there's a chance. <laughs> you're telling me yeah, there's, there's a chance. So not quite retired. Ralph Darling is with us. There's a very small chance. <laughs> what what did, what does it mean to you having played for North Otago for all those years from 2007 through to 2021 what has representing that province in this Heartland Championship meant to you 
Um, it's it's quite a, like in Omaru, um, it's quite a, a a small community. So when you are putting that jersey on, you are representing you know your family and, and your and your club and your community as well. So it, it's it's always a very proud moment putting that jersey on. Do you remember your first game well? Um, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I do. We we played Buller at home, and it was just I was come off the bench, and yeah, we ended up getting the win that week. So when you made your debut, what were, what were you hoping to achieve? I'm guessing you weren't expecting to play for a decade and a half and then making the New Zealand Heartland Championship maybe at least half a dozen times. You know, what what goals had you set yourself when you cracked the North Otago side? Uh, to be honest, I don't really have any goals, really. I just I just love my footy and, and just wanted to play week in, week out. You know, play footy and then, you know, have a few beers after and then work head towards Tuesday training. But, yeah, um, had a pretty... Oh, I think you're underselling yourself there, mate. To, to represent any province for over a decade, decade and a half, it's a, it's a brilliant achievement. Yeah, Ralph, one of the things that we find on these legend series and the people that we interview, they've got an absolute passion for the game and they've got longevity in the game. They've played for so many years. Where, where did your passion start? When you think back to that first time where you got a footy in your hand and you started playing, where, where can you uh, recount that that real passion for the game started? Um, I guess like any, any Kiwi kid growing up in New Zealand, watching the ABs from a young age, and, you know, every every spare minute you had a rugby ball in your hands and you're in the backyard kicking and, and pretending you were those, those legendary All Blacks from back in the 90s. Okay, so what All Black were you in the backyard? Jonah. Jonah! Jonah on the, on the wing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you chose a pretty yeah. good one. You chose a pretty good one. And you ran over the top of a few people over, over the years, a bit like Jonah. Might not have had the acceleration oh. over, the, over the first yeah, 15, yeah. maybe. <laughs> definitely yeah. not, definitely not. Jonah was, was a, always will be considered a legend of the game. Yeah. So, so Ralph, you obviously you had aspirations of being on that wing and running over people, but you <laughs> you became a hooker. When did you a hooker and a prop? When did you actually specialise in those positions? When when did it actually, um, I guess, hit you that hey, I'm, I'm not, not going to have those Jonah. fast twitch muscle yeah. fibres. I'm going to be more a scrapper up front. Oh, I don't think it ever hit me. I still. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, probably high school. There's no, there's no spot out in the backs for a fat, slow hooker prop. So, eventually, I had to make the decision to make my way in there. Did, did you, did you have aspirations of of being an All Black? Obviously, when you were young, but was there a time in your career where you thought, "Hey, I'm gonna give this a good go"? Um, when I was a kid, that was always the dream. But as you kind of grow up, you kind of realise that that's, that's not going to happen. And then you just focus elsewhere. And I was quite happy with just being a wee battler every weekend, um, playing for North Otago. Well, that's you were a lot more than that, uh, Ralph. I mean, you you look at the the Heartland 15, where you made selection 2012, 13, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. Little sabbatical in 14. Um, well, you actually got three tries that year. Played all 10 games, but. You made that Heartland uh, 15 game, and I, I saw a photo of you online. You looked extremely happy to be in that team. You looked good in black and white. You did look very good in black and white. 
Um, it was always a highlight. Obviously, representing your country is, is, is the end goal. And, and I suppose that was my all-black team. Um, that was the goal. Yeah. When you're playing in Harlan to be selected in that team. So I was lucky enough to get a few different shots at it. And, um, yeah, I guess I'm proud of that. What about the lengths you and your teammates have had to, to go over the years? Um, you have real jobs. Um, you have to make real sacrifices. Um, and I imagine the province, the distance, some have to travel as well. It's, it's not just... Well, it, it's hard to articulate being an outsider. How, how do you sort of articulate um, the lengths your teammates have had to go to make Heartland Championship a thing? Um, yeah, you hit on the head with uh, everyone works. Everyone has full-time jobs. So we we meet twice a week on a Tuesday and a Thursday. And yeah, some people come from you know an hour, hour and a half away. We've got guys travelling from Central Otago, and that's that's two and a half hours away. So they they they're proud to be um, an old gold, and they're, they're willing to do that travel because it, you know it's, it's special for them. But our travel days usually consist of. Um, I'm at the airport right now. We'll, we left somewhere at 8 o'clock. We are playing in Palmy North and we'll arrive there about 5 o'clock tonight. And then back Monday afternoon, back into Omaru. So it's a full weekend to travel. How hard is it to build a team dynamic when you don't actually spend a whole heap? You get to training on a Tuesday and a Thursday. I guess you get straight to work. Uh, but actually building sort of camaraderie off the... Off, off the park is is that a real challenge? Um, it can be a challenge, and the teams that that generally do well are the teams that get in there and do that bonding and and go that extra step. We're lucky with the away games that we do spend the whole weekend away together, and that's where a lot of that bonding's done. And then you know we just kind of rekindle that on a Tuesday and a Thursday night, and then head away in the weekend again. Well, this is the, the part of the interview when you start to tell some stories on some team, teammates. But when you go away for a weekend, oh, boys can get up to no good and get lost, right? Yeah, you, re- you must be rooming with someone, Ralph. Oh, definitely. We won't go into any names, but yeah, you know, we've got a lot of small town boys. And when we end up in the cities, the bright lights can get a bit too much for some of these boys. And they go places. Do you have to do that? And you, you have to do the head count at the airport, don't you? You're like, we need 23 and yeah. we've got 21. Do you, do, you run, do you run a buddy system or slap ankle bracelets on them? I don't know, Ralph. How do you, how do you control them? We used to, but nah, these, the boys are pretty good. They know that if they miss the, the bus in the morning to the airport, then they've got to fork out for their flight home. So we have boys every weekend arriving just as the bus is pulling out on a Sunday morning to go back. <laughs> we, we haven't had anyone miss the trip yet. So you were saying in all of your years, you, that never happened to you? Ah, uh, no. No, that would never happen to me. I'm too <laughs> it, was a, it was a very long silence there, Grant. I, I, I don't know what you think about that long silence before Ralph actually answered the question. What? Well, we've been talking about getting a polygraph tester uh, in the studio here, Ralph, uh, because oh, I was no. um, I was basically told that I was a Springbok supporter by one of our, uh, our guests. Well, Morno, when Morno Morkel, all six foot six of them, tells him, you've got, you've got to take it seriously, Grant. You've got to take it seriously. I, I know you've got to get to the job at, you know, uh, getting on a plane, focusing on, on the game ahead. I, I'm sure it's really hard to answer this, having done it for over a decade, but what would the highlights be playing in the Heartland Championship for you over those years, well? Um, just probably meeting all the people that I've met. 
Uh, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of friends in a lot of the other unions that I've that I've played rugby with with the Heartland 16. And, and when you get to go away and you go to their hometowns, you know they'll they'll pick you up and take you around to their family and and meeting a lot of pretty special people. And then and then when you're at home and you and you're um you're winning at home is always special when you're community and your family can come and watch you and you're getting the job done. It makes for a pretty special feeling. What's the best ground to go play at? And the worst ground, for that matter? Uh, the best ground would be Ruatoria in, um, in the East Coast. Uh, they come up on Saddleback and they, they're cheering you on. You can smell people smoking things that they shouldn't be smoking along the sidelines. It's, it's, it's a different atmosphere and it's a really special one. Um, that would be the best. The worst would be um, probably Cook's Garden in Wanganui. It's always windy there. Yeah, that's it's always pretty tough yeah, to get up. Yeah. There's probably one ground that I never mm. won at, so that's probably why I'm saying it. <laughs> yeah, they also had generally pretty darn good sides, didn't they? Um, yeah, uh, for right, sure. Although you, you got a, you got a couple of, over them over the years. I, I'm pretty sure there was a certain drop goal. Who did they come against? Who, who did a drop goal come against? Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. I can't remember. There's been a lot of beers since then. <laughs> I can't remember. It was, of course, the Butcher Boys. Um, that, that, that was a story right around New Zealand a few years ago when that happened. Um, but it wasn't your first drop goal, right? You, you're a veteran at that type of thing. That, this, was, this was clearly in your armoury. Yeah, I've done it before. It was a club final. Um, uh, extra time. I was just sitting in the pocket having a rest again and ball pops out. <laughs> uh, why not? Have a go and it went over. So did you call for the ball in the Meads Cup final? Or did the ball uh, come yeah, to did. you and you just reacted to it? Uh, we actually had a call for that move, but not me doing it. <laughs> so I just jumped in the pocket and, and used that call. I don't think our nine knew who it was passing to until it turned around. <laughs> <laughs> but you were captain, right? Yeah, I was captain. He was just doing what he yeah. was told, right? He was just doing yeah, what the captain exactly told, right. told him. Exactly, exactly. Right. That's lead. That's leadership right there. Well, Ralph, <laughs> I think like it's it's so so refreshing to hear um, you talk about your career in Heartland Championship because one thing that I noticed last year, and that was my first year sort of being involved in the Heartland Championship while we spoke to people involved, is it's got a lot of soul. It does have a lot of soul. It hasn't been tarnished by professionalism and just the love of the game that people talk about. But also, we had some big names come back last year. So are there any big names uh, coming back this year for North Otago? Um, Not at this stage. We have put the feeler out to Ben Smith. Um, If he would be keen for a run, he he played for North Otago under-18s a few years back. So. We have, we have put the feeler out there. We just haven't quite heard back from his agent yet. So we're oh. hopeful. Well, in true Otago fashion, we should all go around to his house and knock on his door, right? Go play yeah, for I, North Otago. I, I'm, I'm encouraging people to do it, but not encouraging people to do it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and get in contact with North Otago. Uh, Ralph would love to have him on his side. That would be magnificent. Well, Ralph, thanks so much for dropping <laughs> by. I'm, I'm just quickly checking the draw. Uh, you're in Palmy uh, for a game that's um, on Sky tonight, of course. So a lot of the boys have been down to the barber, have they? <laughs> um, we're actually we're actually playing tomorrow night. The barber's booked to come into the hotel to see to get the boys there. The boys need new boots. I'll be going to get new boots today. They all they all fancy themselves up when we're on Sky. <laughs> 
Oh, fantastic. Oh. I, yeah, I misread that. You're right. It is tomorrow night. I thought it was five past seven. Yeah, you always need a fresh lid for a TV game, don't you, Ralph? Will you yeah. be getting a fresh lid? You're all so vain, you athletes. You're all so vain. <laughs> Not Ralph. He used to whack a scrum cap on, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. 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 You yeah, didn't worry about that sort of nonsense. <laughs> um, and just going through the draw, I'm just seeing if you're going to Ruatoria at, at all this year. Maybe we can send Grant up. Uh, we get Grant on horseback. Ah, oh, it's oh, a real shame. We'll get you... They would have been outstanding. Get you on horseback, riding. Horseback with my Springbok rugby jersey exactly. on. What could possibly go wrong <laughs> in the East Coast? What could go wrong up there? Well, Ralph, hey, thanks so much, mate. We'd really do appreciate it. I know you're sitting at an airport waiting to go and to rip into the weekend ahead. Um, on behalf of uh, the North Otago rugby community, sorry, North Otago, thanks for all you've done for them uh, over so long and continue to do so. And I wish you and, and your team a, a wonderful a season ahead, and I hope it goes well. Thanks, Ralph. Good luck for the campaign. Cool. Thanks very much. Thank you, guys. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, that's our little low to the Heartland Championship, our Saturday Session Legend segment, being to a man who's played, uh, just trying to, yeah, 2007 through to 2021 and already assistant coach of the team he represented all those years. That's just awesome. See, the thing that stood out for me there, Daniel, and to our listeners, is that he said, oh, I don't really remember what happened in the game, but it was the people. It was about the people he met, uh, the people he played with, and that's what gave him the passion, you know, just sharing a beer with them in the in the sheds. And he had a long career, you know. He had a good 14, 15 years playing for North Otago in the Heartland Championship because he just loved the game, and that's what we need to teach in grassroots. It's about a love of the game. It's about loving loving the sport. And not, not having to be, he had aspirations of being an all-black. And he said, oh, I probably realized that, you know, I was never going to achieve that eventually. But still just loved his Heartland, you know, rugby. And ex- he's probably inspired a lot of people to go on and play um, as an all-black or as a professional. It's a heck of a long time to play for any one side. Oh, especially as a front rower. Imagine How long did you play for Wellington? Uh, maybe... 12 years, yeah. 12, 13 But you years? sullied that with playing for about 38 other teams around the globe. He's a, he's a one true, one province man. I was on loan to um, to the Wellington Firebirds from the uh, uh, St. Lucia Zooks the one year. And, uh, <laughs> he, he, was, he, he's the playing, he was playing for North Otago when you were still a Springboks fan. <laughs> when I was still... 2007. Because you I debuted not, in 2008. Well, you think I'm still a Springboks fan. No, Mornay Morkel thinks you're okay. the Springboks fan. Um, for, for those wondering what we're talking about, go check out our social media. We spoke to Mornay Morkel um, <laughs> a little bit earlier who um, had a very pointed question directed to Grant, who I, I thought he danced around it like a future Wellington mural candidate. Which has prompted us to purchase a polygraph test. Which uh, gets us to the big announcement, Grant Elliott running for mayor. <laughs> Which is a real surprise. Ask me your questions. Tell me um, why have my rates gone up so extravagantly? And nothing to show for it. Because we're buying a franchise cricket team. Yeah, I'm on board. Fantastic. <laughs> it's the, that's where public funds should go. Uh, so good luck to all the Heartland Championship teams. Uh, we will uh, dive in um, from time to time to speak to some of the key protagonists from these uh, sides to catch up with the colourful stories. You've, you just knew I've had about a million stories of guys turning he up did. and going MIA. I bet you he's got like a like Cristiano Ronaldo's diary of full. Did you see that story this week where he announced that he's got a diary full of all the inaccurate media stories about him? Oh wow! I, I, I do. What, what type of diary would it be? Would it be like a teenage 
Teenagers Diary. It's one of the those eight, locks an A3, and a little A4. key. Yeah, but I bet Ralph has a long list of. Oh. I remember when Tony in two thousand. <laughs> they were all going through his head. Didn't come back from the Ashburton. <laughs> when we had fifteen <laughs> players missing at the airport. Well, uh, uh, brilliant stuff. After hearing that story, guys, I think you guys should start a little Ronaldo miss miss truth and see if it, you'll make his diary because that'd be quite quite the legacy to leave, wouldn't it? Making Cristiano Ronaldo's. Diary? I'll just yeah. do a mis- mistruth between you and um, Snake McCarty over I, here. I about would like to me. know if one of those stories in the Cristiano Ronaldo is about the Botox. Remember I told you the yes. Botox story um, from a few weeks ago? I wonder if that's... Because he said of the 100 stories, only five were accurate. Pipe Botox. So what, that could be accurate. That story could be true. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know why I've gone straight down that path with Ronaldo and his Botox and his... In his pipe. In his pipe. Now I'm curious to know mm. what oil uh, Grant has on you and I, Daniel. Well, he's got none on you because you've lived a very clean, healthy lifestyle over the years. Yeah, exactly. Don't you worry, Ben Francis. Don't you worry about that. I'm starting my diary. Yeah, and um, I just know some very, very, um, you know, clever people. A bit like the wolf of um, Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Clean up my messes. Uh, That was our Saturday Session Legends in association with Somerset. Think new friends, new laughs, and a new home. Think Somerset Retirement Villages. Somerset.co. Dot NZ. Good luck to all our Heartland Championship teams out there. Hope it is a successful season. The season kicks off in uh, one hour, 55 minutes time. It's Buller up against Mid-Canterbury in Westport. It is uh, Ngātipura East Coast hosting Horofunua Kapiti in Ruatoria. I'm sure the horses are getting ready now. Uh, in Tikawisi, that's King Country, which is very close to King's, King's Country. Country. Yeah. Um, Grant, they're up against Poverty Bay. South Canterbury up against Thames Valley. That's live on Sky and Prime, uh, Prime rather, in Tamuka, uh, 2.30, all of those games. So too is West Coast up against Whanganui uh, in Greymouth. And tomorrow night, 7.05 p.m. The barber's been booked. It's going around, obviously, to the team motel to do all the boys here from North Otago. They're getting new boots. They're all ready. For the game live on the Sky, it is North Otago. Sorry, North Otago. They're heading out it's tonight, surely. From Central Energy Trust Arena in Palmerston. Surely they're heading out tonight. They've got to be heading oh, out seven tonight. O- seven o'clock kickoff. Well, the thing is that you go, oh, we're playing on Sunday. That's a bit disappointing. It's a bit, a bit like one of those, an opener in a cricket team looks at the weather report on a Friday night and said, well, there's a high chance of rain, oh. I reckon I'll we'll, definitely go out. We'll bowl first. <laughs> we'll bowl We're definitely first. bowling first. We're definitely so. bowling first. Well, there was batter and bowler days back in the day. So you'd be at hard session out there and you'd have the opposition eight down. Um, and if you were a bowler, well, the next day you just needed to get the two wickets. So you'd go, well, I'm just going to push the boat out a little bit tonight. And then conversely, if you were a batter and you were already out, well, it gave you a little bit of rain. Doesn't happen now. Doesn't happen. For those kids listening, uh, we're talking about lemonades. H2O. Be sensible. As we go to a break, 42 for 6, the West Indies chasing 213 to beat New Zealand. They're in the 15th over. Carty is 10 off 15. Um, Karaya's on 9. That's 243 for the loss of 6, trying to bring up the New Zealand bowling figures. I think three wickets apiece. Indeed, it is three wickets apiece to Tim Southey. Three for 13 off 6, and Trent Bolt has three for 18 off his 6. Uh, we will take a short break. Clado and team can't be too far away. We'll find out what's happening on the Good Oil After One. It's 23 minutes away from... Mark, 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 Mark. Mark.
mark, 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 mark. 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 Mark, 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 Plato. On the session, the Saturday session. The Mark, serious. it's good to see you. Grant Grant and I have, you know, gone back to old habits. You know, we don't talk to each other during the break. We just stare at our phones, um, you know. Like well, an old couple, isn't it? Well, like I, I, feel, I feel like he doesn't believe me, Plato. He says he does, but um, I was accused of being a Springbok supporter, and now we're getting a polygraph test oh. tester kit into the... Uh, which we're going to send down to Auckland because I need to polygraph you about a few things as well. Well, when Mornay Morkel tells you to do it, are you going to? I'm not going to stand up to the six foot six South African giant who used to smack people in the head for fun before getting them out. I did love how he said, "I like to hurt them before I got them out." Yeah, <laughs> at least he was honest. <laughs> oh, boys! So, do we ascertain whether it's option four about the war wounds? <laughs> no. No, no, it was clearly not. No, it was wasn't clearly option not. four. Actually, I, I never gave an answer to that. It was option B. Yeah. I opened a car door on my own eye. Yeah. You can visualize. So I'm opening the car door, the front door, as I'm leaning down to put something in the seat and forgot to open the door first and sort of headbutted the car door as I went in. There's a good laceration there, yeah. Kato. And a bit of bruising. Very good laceration. Makes him look tough. It does. Well, funnily, funnily enough. It does. I, I and on the, on the other like... eye, there is a big cut there too. That's from my daughter who's 18 months. So I'm not that tough. Wow. No, I've got a couple of war wounds myself, but uh, probably closer to option B than four from last week too. Yeah, mate. None of us, none, <laughs> none of us are option four. No. Let's be frank. No. It's winter. It's big and trying. It's just exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. What have you guys got on your show today? Oh, look, we've got... Uh, Definitely not option four. No, we've got a couple of legends, eh? Steve Davis and Steve McKee joining me very shortly for the good oil. And, uh, yeah, Steve has got an amazing strike rate for the Pundas Club. So if you're in the Pundas Club, well done to you. You're in in for a bit of a ride this afternoon. Just down to one meeting at Ruakaka with Taranaki abandoned because of the rain. So we'll be looking to make money at Ruakaka. Gee, it's been a tough season, hasn't it, Um, Clado? Not for the Warriors. No. Or for abandonments. (laughs) Yeah, just the, the weather's really impacted um, you know, the whole yeah. industry, has it not? Yeah, it certainly has. I think the weather sort of bypassed Ruakaka a bit, though. Um, they got pretty lucky. And Waverley tomorrow, jumps racing at Waverley tomorrow. And they seem to have um, missed most of the rain, too. I think one mil overnight and just an hour and a half away from New Plymouth. So probably should have transferred both meetings to Waverley today, eh? How you, how are you finding the industry, Clado? Is there a lot of interest um, with, with punters out there? I know, I, I know quite a few young people are getting amongst it and, and getting into their training. Look, look, we could be better. We could be better. We could be getting around to the schools. But, I mean, Grant, you know, not, not like you, but for Dan and me, like, you know, the, the generation of the kids have got bigger. You know, it's just a bigger generation, all that processed rubbish food out there. And they're just a naturally sort of heavier weight. And who wants to sign up for a job where your job description is to lose weight every week? God, I should. But <laughs> I, I'd, I'll never, I'd never make weight, but uh, maybe, maybe I should. But hey, hey, the I think rewards, we should do it, Plato. The rewards of the, you know, the apprenticeship, you know, where you can make so much money as these kids and have a great time doing it. I, you know, I'd love to get more people into the game. Yeah. I think we should start something on SENZ, Daniel McCarty to become a jockey. Oh, 
What, well, if what? you do any of the 12 challenges that we've set you, Grant, I will do that one. Oh, okay. Amateur jockey. Absolutely. <laughs> we're getting it down to 70 jockey. kilos. Yeah, 74 yeah, kilos. Um, Ride a top weight. Yeah, my <laughs> God. Might have to cut a couple of arms off and legs. I might make weight. To, to the horses out there, my apologies for what awaits. All right, Clayo, <laughs> thank you so much. Have a great day, mate. Uh, happy punting. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Great show again. The uh, good oil coming later. up after one o'clock. Um, he is paid to say that, ladies and gentlemen. He is paid to say that. <laughs> um, so um, we, we do appreciate it. Uh, let's update the cricket where Cartian... Is it Cryer? Have I got that guy's name right? It's, I, it's the uh, combination of Mariah and Kerry. Kariah. It does. Yeah, Kariah Mary. Kariah. So yeah. Mariah Kerry and yeah. Carty are batting for the West <laughs> Indies. Um, Mariah Kerry's on 11. <laughs> Carty's on 13. It's uh, 48 for the loss of six. Uh, the Mumbai Indian on loan uh, fast bowler Trent Bolt has three wickets and Tim Southey has three wickets. 213. Does look a long way off Grant Elliott, former international cricketer. Does, but this is good because New Zealand lost the first one-day international, so to come back really strong over here, I mean, it was due to a finale in 96. Unfortunately, he missed out on his 100. We thought that was going to be a breakthrough innings. Probably is a breakthrough innings for him anyway, given the conditions. They're tough conditions. It's been a lot of chop-ons. Slow, slow, variable bounce. But um, you'd still say that we're a little bit way off the mark. We were all right in the T20s. One of the games, we scored in excess of 200. Uh, but we're dominating this one. We should go on to win this game, which will prove uh, the, the final one uh, quite an interesting one. But well, we haven't. A decider. Yeah, decider. But what we haven't got is we haven't got Ben Francis's sleep drops moment of the week. We've had yours. Yours was the All Blacks. Great comeback against the Springboks uh, at Ellis Park. Mine was Ian Foster uh, reapplying or... Uh, Being reappointed to the job. Reappointed to the job. Yeah, well, that's, quite, that's quite an achievement to get reappointed to something you're already appointed to. And the All Blacks fans. Yeah. Uh, ben Francis, what have you got for us for the uh, sleep drops moment of the week? Well, as you know, guys, I like to go quite left field. So mine is quite a fairly recent one, and it's his uh, Mornay Morkel for putting Grant Elliott on the spot <laughs> and trying oh. to get him to do a lie detector test. <laughs> he didn't really put me on the spot, but that's fine. You can make well, your sleep performance. Well, you get the lie detector test down to us. We yes. will conduct this live detector we'll do test, this. and we'll get Mornay back as a special quiz master. <laughs> and you go edit up put the Barbara Streisand song to that Michael Clark video and send that to him. I think yeah. you love that. We have had some entertaining stuff, but for you, the listeners, we need to hear your sleep drops moments of the week because you can win a couple of goodies. Um, and what you need to do is try NZ for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. Always read the label and take as directed. Coming up after the break, the sporting punch you probably want to run a mile from. Mine, though, you will want to put the house on. I can guarantee it. Back after this. Lord, after that, like a bit of sparring in the, in the studio. We were just... Oh, as we get to our uh, sporting tips of the week. Acting up you Usyk should, and Joshua. I was probably run a mile from, but we're, we're first about our, our, our predictions today. Ben Francis, you can go first. I was hoping to go last again. Oh, I'm just going to go opposite Are you gonna whatever go opposite, Grant Elliott says. Uh, opposite no, every, no. I wasn't, you've been rolling for a couple no, of months. I wasn't going to do that, no. Okay, How, how dare you accuse oh, don't me? Get de- don't, don't get defensive or anything. Uh, I'll go first then. Uh, Manchester United play Liverpool on Monday. Oh, Ricardo Ball versus Daniel McCarty. I bet you 100 I bet you 100% guarantee that Ricardo Ball will be called on the show next Saturday. Lovely. When I ring him to say you're still bottom of the league after Liverpool beat you on Monday night. Stuff the emotional hedges. Scoreline. Ruthless, sweep the league, Johnny. 
It's all about uh, Liverpool beating Manchester United Monday night for me. What's it's the scoreline? Last time I don't you care. actually... I'll take one, I'll take ten. Dollar fifty-three. Last time you gave a scoreline on the show, you got it bang on. I think it was the Everton game. Right. And Everton are bottom of the league, which I'm disappointed about. Right, I'm going to go because I trust the people that we have on the show. And we have Anson Wainwright talk about the boxing and Usyk versus Joshua. And we were just reenacting what might actually happen in the fight. Daniel McCarty was fighting Southpaw. He was Usyk. I was Joshua. Yeah, I was definitely winning on points. And there's a little $6.50 on uh, someone to be knocked down but winning. And I've said Usyk's going to get knocked down, and then he's going to go on to win it. So he's going to catch a wild punch in the, the opening couple yeah, of he's rounds. Catch... Staggered go down, steady himself, being powered by the whole nation of Ukraine. Putin can't put him down. Exactly. Joshua ain't putting him down. He's going to win. A Joshua right. They say he's got a powerful right. And the thing is, is that when Usyk returned to his homeland following Russia's invasion of Ukraine and joined the Territorial Defense Battalion, he promised he was armed and willing to kill. This wow. guy's not going to go He's not lie gonna... on the canvas and go, yeah, tap me out. Yeah, yeah. He's fighting to the death. And yeah. excellent work taking up all of Ben Francis's time too. Final word, Ben Francis. <laughs> I'm going to go the opposite of Daniel this week. Yes! <laughs> Manchester United to win. Oh, he's turned on you. He's turned on you. Well, Ricardo Ball will be in the chair next Saturday if that does happen. Oh, is he? Producer extraordinaire. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw my toys out of the car. Well, I, I wasn't planning on being here next week anyway. Oh, sorry just to drop that on you guys now. My apologies. Well, at least you've told us, unlike oh. some. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben Francis. Right, now the team are up next.